106 miles to Chicago. We got a full tank of gas, half a pack of cigarettes. It's dark, and we're wearing sunglasses. Hit it. Northern California is slated for another round of mass blackouts as the Pacific Gas and Electric Company, or PG&E, has said they'll turn off power to millions of people every single time bad weather rolls through so their crappy antique power lines don't get snapped and start another wildfire. Because apparently the only way to keep half of this state from burning to the ground is to turn it into little house on the freaking prairie. Now the company said that these scheduled blackouts could continue for up to a decade. So hey, want to bake some lasagna? Take a shower, you know, not die of hypothermia? Well, can't, sorry, no power. And that's not even a joke. 67-year-old Robert Martis died roughly 12 minutes after PG&E cut power to his home earlier this month because his oxygen machine shut off and he couldn't reach his battery-powered unit in time. Now, for its part, PG&E has made a complete and total mess out of this whole thing. Web host Dave Rubin pointed out, and was of course slammed for it, that PG&E has no detailed records of how old their power lines are or whether they're in good working condition. But they sure as heck can tell you exactly how many of their employees are women, or Hawaiian Islander, or identify as a zucchini on Tuesdays. Or imagine if your house was on fire. Would you care? what uh, the public utility or what the fire company, what contractor they brought in, what, what uh, gender or sexuality or any of those things he or she was. I mean, it's just absolutely ridiculous. Who would care? And they can't keep your power on, but they do know whether the person who shut it off is gay or straight. Hope that keeps your milk cold. Now, the federal government has got a role in all of this, too. You remember how they like to take over land and label it a national park? See, they're really good at confiscating things, not so much at maintaining them. In a 2006 report, the Western Governors Association warned that over time, the fire-prone forests that were not thinned burn in uncharacteristically destructive wildfires. You think? So you think the government thinned the forest? No. Over half of California's forests are on federal land, which are now chock full of dry brush that are pretty much acting as one giant tinderbox the minute that a grasshopper rubs his legs together. Now, the Trump administration's efforts to streamline the removal of all this junk has met resistance from environmental groups who are more worried about the woodpeckers and the spotted deer and the fairy sprites. So that effort, of course, died in Congress. So now where is the state in all of this? Well, for one, it's absolutely bungled its part of the wildland management system. And while homes are burning and power's being shut off and old men are dying because they can't use their medical equipment, California is busy threatening people with jail time for not using the right gender pronoun telling freelance journalists how many articles they're allowed to write per year, and passing laws allowing illegal aliens to serve on state boards and commissions. They will draft entire bills, mandating that restaurants only offer children milk and water on their menus. Meanwhile, the whole northern part of the state gets to choose between going up in flames or living like it's 1850. And in response to their own abject failures, Congress and California and PG&E and all of the crazy liberals who run all of this junk just blame climate change because apparently if you scream something loud enough enough times, the lemmings will start to believe you. As if forest fires haven't happened for eons and we haven't figured out how we might avoid them. Now there are plenty of things that we could be doing to prevent half of this state from catching on fire and threatening people's lives without turning off their power and, you know, threatening their lives. Not letting forests become giant matchboxes would be a start. Requiring companies to have good working equipment and not just a diverse workforce would be another. But just like nearly every idea that seems to make a lick of good sense, liberal policies always get in the way.
Now you might say, well, Brittany, you know, this situation is so much more complicated than that. You're oversimplifying things. There's the money and the problem is so big and the blah, 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 blah. Look, California thought it was worth their time to fine waiters for handing out plastic straws. And the federal government just forked over $480 million to Sri Lanka to improve their infrastructure and traffic management. So don't tell me that we cannot figure out how to keep our own house from burning down without blacking out half a state. But I guess in the meantime, Northern California will just have to figure out how to live without running water and refrigeration. But hey, at least the pygmy owls are protected and we know how many gay people are running the power line. Good day to you. It's podcast time, and we're over here in Northern California, Yuba County to be exact, one of the 58 counties of California. They call it the Golden Brown State nowadays. And uh, this is Lou Benninger, and you're listening to No Hostages Radio, and you may be listening to your uh, typical podcast resource, or you may be dialed in over at nohostagesradio.com, which is our website that has all of our podcasts. This is our 32nd podcast. The date is November 9, 2019. If you want to remember it, um, at least differentiate it from others. But thank you for listening, <clears throat> whether you're a regular or a inter- intermittent or this is your first time. I, ever, I still run into people after 32 weekly podcasts that still wonder if I'm on the radio, live radio. just shows that some folks get busy and distracted and listen once in a while or fall off the wagon, so to speak, as the Salvation Army used to say. And then get back to saying, oh, how come you're not on the radio? And they, I think, yeah, you weren't listening anyway. What difference does it make? So uh, thank you for listening. We're, if you're new to this, we're going to be here for six uh, segments of about 20 minutes each. But uh, I, I don't take a break and leave you with dead air, as they used to say. I, I play some uh, educational clips <clears throat> in the meantime just to give me a chance to get organized and uh, – Maybe just wet my throat uh, to keep going. Uh, let's see. Let me mention a couple things to start off with here today. Um, let's see. Ways to get a hold of me. Uh, there's a number of ways if you want to communicate with me. Some people like to give me information they think I need to know, which is very helpful. I don't have a staff. It's just me, and then there's me. So uh, a lot of folks that listen uh, send me information, hard copy, email, whatever. It's all fine. Nohostagesradio.com is our website, but you can reach me at Lou, L-O-U, at Nohostagesradio.com. Lou at Nohostagesradio.com. You could send an email there. I, I read those emails, and I will certainly respond and acknowledge that I that it got one if particularly if it's an inquiry where you want to talk to me about something if you're just sending me a clip i may not uh or or a news item and without any comment i may not respond to that uh but i do appreciate getting them if i haven't already seen them i certainly am interested in the information 
You can also text me or call me at 530-713-1838, 530-713-1838. When I answer that line, I answer, this is Lou at Trauma Intervention Program. Unless your name pops up uh, on there, and I know you're someone that uh, knows me. Uh, but don't let, don't let that throw you and think you got into the emergency department of the hospital. It's uh, Trauma Intervention, or TIP, is a nonprofit that I <clears throat> work with up here in Northern California and Yuba and Sutter counties that responds to 911 calls and helps the survivors. Um, so I want to mention first off... Um, and remind everyone that the California re uh, resident, and if you're able to register to vote, some people cannot. You may be here and not be a citizen. For instance, you may be here on a work permit, or you may have some kind of legal issues that forbid you uh, still from voting. But I just want to remind you that the, we're attempting to recall the governor of the state of California, Governor Gavin Newsom, N-E-W-S-O-M, and we need your signature. We need a million and a half good signatures. When I say good, I mean people that are registered to vote, not only registered, but also that can remember how they registered and fill out the petition correctly. So you can go to Recall Newsom, N-E-W-S-O-M, RecallNewsom.us, and find out more information. Or if you are in the Yuba Sutter area, and you simply want to sign the petition and you don't want, or or you want to get some blank petitions and move them around your neighborhood that would be appreciated but you can drop by Un elite universal security at 5548 feather river boulevard just south of marysville 5548 feather river boulevard elite universal security it is a 24-hour business you can go in there 24 hours a day to sign up and uh, if you aren't registered to vote, they will register you right there. You could register and sign at the same time. They'll turn in the registration cards in, uh, first, and then eventually your signature will be handed in. Uh, you could, I'll give you the number if you wish to call them and talk to them about this, but generally you can just go do it. I did it that way. I just pulled in, walked in, said I'm here to register to vote, or here to register or sign a petition. I did it over there. Now I have petitions that I'm getting signed myself. So the number, the phone number there is 530-749-0280, 530-749-0280. So please, uh, please sign the petition. If you don't uh, like the, the direction the state is going, we need to start somewhere. And somewhere that we believe is a good spot is to cut the head off the serpent, which is Gavin Newsom. And then let each various jurisdiction, uh, county, district, whatever, begin to remove the uh, legislator that's representing them that isn't doing their job. Uh, so up, uh, folks in Northern California, a lot of us have already done that. We have conservative legislators that aren't in favor of what's going on in the state. So we're kind of handcuffed up here. That's what we don't like about being in the state of California. But you people that are in other districts, Sacramento on south uh, and over to the west on the coast, uh, you need to do something about those that represent you. It's interesting to me that that such a low percentage of people, and when I say low, I'm talking about lower than 20 percent, maybe like 15, 16 percent of people approve of the way 
that their Congress or their legislators are voting, yet they keep returning them to office. I don't understand that. So uh, you're, you're going to need to do something radical. Now, back in 1973, there was a revolution. They called it a taxpayer's revolution in California. Certainly in the 1970s, it was a much more conservative state, but there, was many, there were many liberals, many Democrats that joined into this taxpayer revolution uh, to pass Proposition 13, which reduced the amount of, of uh, property tax immensely and allowed people to stay in their homes, which at that time, the assessors of the county before 1973 could, could reassess your property every year. And if your property was going up in value, they would reassess that property. And the, the rate they were charging you for tax was like 2.67%, I think. So if you have, uh, for, hypothetically today, if we go, go back to those pre-1973 uh, Prop 13 days, and you took uh, $300,000, say the value of your house, the market value, and you multiplied it times 2.67%, that gets a, a property tax up around $8,000 a year. I don't know how many of you can afford that. I cannot, and that would precipitate me selling my house. I don't live in a house that's, that has that much value, but you can see the percentage, how devastating that is. Prop 13 changed that completely. So uh, I got a, um, a communication from one of our listeners this last week that showed her property taxes uh, plus all the additions on the, all the bonds and the debt relief and service fees added on to her <clears throat> and uh, her husband's property. They were paying, they are paying about $1,000 a month just in fees and taxes, just to, ha to own a home, own a piece of property with a home on it. Isn't that amazing? I could not afford that personally. And, uh, and they're trying to figure out how they're going to afford that. And they're trying to figure out how they can appeal that and get that changed. But what's happening is, in fact, there's a gentleman uh, that, that listens to the program in East Marysville that's been fighting with the tax uh, collector or the assessor, I should say, of Yuba County, uh, because they have, they keep raising his taxes on his property and uh, a lot, a lot more than what prop 13 allows. And he's trying to figure out what's going on over there. I haven't actually seen the paperwork yet. Uh, but I'm interested in this guy getting a very fair deal. He's a senior citizen by a, by a long shot. And, uh, I, I would hate to see him lose his home, uh, because of this, uh, crazy, tax rate. Uh, so uh, on the 2020 ballot, you're going to see a, uh, a very deceptive campaign. It's going to uh, pitch the campaign. Uh, you know, some states, they forbid any increase in taxes without starting off the description. This is true in Colorado. Without st starting this description, any increase, it actually tells the government that they can't monkey and lie in the description because many of the uh, attorney generals, particularly in California, are liars. Jerry Brown was a liar. Xavier Becerra is a liar. And what they do is they deceive you in the description when you're trying to figure out how should I vote on this? Should I vote yes or no? And they make it sound like you should vote no 
uh, because they, they make it sound such a wonderful thing. When in reality, you should vote uh, the opposite, or it could be just the opposite way, it, depending on what they want you to do. For example, they're going to pitch this new tax as to um, benefit education. That in, They're going to suggest that education is suffering, and if you don't pass this new tax, uh, education uh, will go down the tubes in California. That's where you're going to pitch it. The fact is, education is going down the tubes in California. It has nothing to do with money. It has everything to do with teachers' unions. That's what this is all about. So, uh, but they're going to, you know, education, law enforcement, fire, all those are soft spots where people get a big heart and they want to give more and more and more and more money. But the fact is they're liars, just like uh, the people that promoted Measure K in Yuba County were liars, and they, they deceived the people. And Judge uh, Barrier in the Yuba County Superior Court agreed with that, and now that's getting appealed. So, uh, so in the state of Colorado, for instance, it mandates that any new tax law or referendum or measure going on the ballot has to start off by saying this will raise your taxes or this shall raise your taxes. But in the California, they deceive the voter because one man or woman who's ever in that spot of attorney general can monkey around with the description and there isn't any appeal. You can they can get away with it. It's a total deceptive ripoff lie. It's criminal. It's interesting. I meet a lot of criminals, uh, as we call them criminals, are locked up in jail. Honestly, people, they have done far less than people that got the $1,000 suits down there in Sacramento and are, are jerking each other off and perverts and having sex with the same people, uh, same gender, and doing weird stuff down there, molesting their interns. It's just a total fiasco down there. They're liars and cheats and criminals. They should be arrested we should empty the jails of many of these petty criminals that haven't done anything compared to what the people running this state have done. So uh, that's taxes. Please vote against any increase in taxes. No more bonds. No more water bonds. No more transportation bonds. No more raising in taxes. We're, we're swimming in money in this state, and it's all being uh, used to create a—, a socialist utopia uh, and run people into little small stack houses and run them off their property, take their property away, run them out of the foothills, burn them out, uh, give them no support, uh, tell them we can't afford to fund the uh, fire protection anymore. We can't keep your power lines clear. It's just a it's actually a, all a contrived crisis. It's interesting when you can go back to the 1900s, early 1900s, and find better public services than you can today. Better road services, better utility services, right, than you can today. You can go back to the 1950s in Marysville, and the lawns were trimmed, all the lawns were watered, the roads were paved. I never remember any potholes in roads or checks in the roads where your tires would, you could flip a bike in some of these checks down here in downtown Marysville in the roads right now. And never none of that nonsense. Concrete so busted up you can't even walk on it without stubbing your foot and tipping over. It's amazing. But today, we have, they have money coming out their ears, and uh, 
It is just going for all kinds of crazy stuff. In, fi- in fact, I just got one of the listeners. I'm, I mentioned earlier that people send me information. And I appreciate it. Hi- headline, nearly 80,000 California retirees. It's talking about government employees. And I have all kinds of government employees always criticize me. Oh, you always talk about all these people making $100,000 a year. Well, I'm only going to get 25000 But they never tell you only went for the government for 10 years before they retired or they were in a low-paying job. So it says nearly 80,000 California retirees are receiving $100,000 or more in pension pay. New data shows. Now, this isn't some right-wing weird deal. This is like, you know, it's interesting that people throw a big fit when auditors or accountants come out with figures and they just have a big cow over it. Well, usually that's a snap, you know, it's like a snapshot. It's not like um, changing a photo like in monkeying with a photo, photoshopping. It's like taking facts and putting them down on paper. So it says the number of California retirees collecting a pension of 100 grand or more hit an all-time high of 79000 235 last year, up 85% since 2013. Now, all these people, oh, well, we just don't understand how CalPERS is not, like, how come it can't afford to do this? They were warned back in, under Gray Davis, and the legislature was lied to by CalPERS saying the increases in pensions weren't going to affect the taxpayer funds. Taxpayers, we don't have to go over the tax, we're going to have to dip into the taxpayers at all. It's all going to be covered with all this excess money we have. So they gave them an increase, right? And here we are today, 85% increase since 2013. That's according to an analysis of the pension payout data by Transparent California. You can go to transparentcalifornia.org and read it for yourself. Those receiving pension payouts for at least $100,000 accounted for nearly 20% of the $51.7 billion total payouts made last year by CalPERS, an all-time high. The only reason public pensions are an issue of public concern is because of the costs they impose on taxpayers. Now, isn't that interesting? My pension that I created myself because I never worked for government is not a burden to any taxpayer, not one nickel. It's all my money. Whether I, if I put it in bad investments or good investments, I suffer the consequences or benefit from the consequences either way, but it's never going to be a burden on the taxpayers. What this is, when you put people's, when you put the law enforcement, fire, all the clerical people, all the people working for government in California, and you put their money aside, that money should generate enough money to take care of them. If it doesn't, the taxpayer should not be on the hook to pay for people's pensions for the rest of their lives. Why doesn't the taxpayer care for me? All we're talking about here in the CalPERS plan or the STRS plan, CalSTRS, which is teachers, is socialism. In other words, if you go to work for government, we promise to pay you while you actually produce something, which is about 20 or 30 years, or, uh, or and we'll pay you for the time you actually show up and do a job, And we're going to pay you until you assume room temperature and we have to cremate or bury you. Now, that's what we call socialism. It's a guaranteed payment for the rest of your life, no matter what happens in the world. And it doesn't matter what country has tried that, whether it's Russia, whether it's China, whether it's Greece, whether it's Cuba or whether it's Venezuela, it all collapses around your ears. It just doesn't work because the only reason 
Robert Fuller, Fulner writes for trans. He's a transparent California executive director, Robert Fellner. He said, the only reason public pensions are an issue. That's another way of saying, Hey, if you can get a hundred thousand dollar pension out there working and you invest your money, I, I'm not jealous a bit like have at it. I'm glad you were successful. Happy to you. God bless you. But the problem is, is when it has to be paid for out of the public funds that need to pay my roads, pay my roads. I got a big old hole developing out on my road here and people just bounce through it every day. In fact, some of my friends in, in the Yuba County area say that if they're not going to pay the roads over here in Marysville, they ought to at least offer a coupon to get a free front end, front end alignment. Now, it looks like the state's trying to get PG&E to write everybody a $100 check. You know, you see what happens when the state gets involved in private industry? They just make it socialism. Oh, we think you ought to just give everybody $100. I was here somebody... The other day said, oh, did you hear? Did you hear we're going to get $100 for PG&E? It's just like money falls out of the sky. Nobody asks, where's that money coming from? Who's going to pay for that money? Where did that money, where's that money derived from? Kind of crazy, isn't it? All right, we're going to be right back. We're going to take a quick break, and I'm going to play you a couple of short clips on where American law derives from. Okay? That over and over. Leading Democrats have completely turned their back on Israel. Democratic leaders cozy up to fringe groups who attack Israel. Front-running Democrats are campaigning on cutting critical aid to the world's only Jewish state. The radical left has taken over the Democratic Party, and now they're moving to undo decades of bipartisan support for America's crucial ally. Just how low can they go? It's sad what's happening to the Democratic Party. It's shameful. A nation ceases to be Republican only when the will of the majority ceases to be the law. Let me repeat the words of Thomas Jefferson. A nation ceases to be Republican only when the will of the majority ceases to be the law. Tragically, many in America have no knowledge of what law Jefferson is referring to. Are they Republican laws, Democrat laws, fascists, Antifa, black, white, socialists, the Supreme Courts, or Trump's laws? Well, thankfully, our founding fathers codified the principles of our Creator God as the standard with regards to American law and government. Under God's authority, laws are designed to keep our rights secure, which in turn keeps us free. Recall that in the struggle for American liberty, our founders were all unified by the principles ratified in the Declaration of Independence. When in the course of human events, it becomes necessary for one people to dissolve the political bands which have connected them with another, and to assume the powers of the earth, the separate and equal station to which the laws of nature and of nature's God entitle them. This phrase, the laws of nature and of nature's God, was a well-known legal phrase during the founding era. The laws of nature were defined by Webster's 1828 dictionary as a rule of conduct arising out of the natural relations of human beings established by the Creator and existing prior to any written precept. The laws of nature's God are defined as the moral law contained in the Ten Commandments written by the finger of God. Sir William Blackstone, one of the foremost legal authorities of the time, wrote extensively about the laws of nature and nature's God. In his commentaries, Blackstone identified the source of the laws of nature's God. 
These doctrines are to be found only in the Holy Scriptures. In addition, Blackstone defined the laws of nature. As man depends upon his maker for everything, it is necessary that he should in all points conform to his maker's will. This will of his maker is called the law of nature. These laws laid down by God are the eternal, immutable laws of good and evil to which the Creator himself conforms in all dispensations. This law of nature, being co-equal with mankind and dictated by God himself, is, of course, superior to any other law. It is binding over all the globe, in all countries, at all times. No human laws are of any validity if contrary to this. As we define the source of American law, we can understand why the Ten Commandments were placed in our courthouses and schools. They serve as a memorial and reminder of the foundation of our laws. Failing to uphold the foundational laws of the Creator is to say that liberty no longer matters. Jefferson queried, Can the liberties of a nation be thought secure when we have removed their only firm basis, a conviction in the minds of the people that these liberties are the gift of God, that they are not to be violated, but with His wrath? Ask yourself, which is better, upholding the Creator's laws or beholding the Creator's wrath? This is Jake McCauley and Dominic McCauley with the Institute on the Constitution bringing you the American View. Let's know when that your door is always open and your path is free to walk. That makes me tend to leave my sleeping bag rolled up and stashed behind your I received a, a, a text from one of the listeners yesterday saying that he couldn't get through on our website, uh, nohostagesradio.com, or it wouldn't play the uh, podcast. So we checked on it, and uh, must have been technology problems on the folks hosting the uh, the web the web page. But when I checked it out, everything seemed good, and I had our techie uh, Tanner down in Texas. He checked it. Everything seemed good, so they must have had a little hiccup in the system, which happens every once in a while. Uh, so everything's good to go, I think. So I wanted to go on and just finish up talking about Transparent California and the the incredible pensions. Who would have ever thought in their wildest dreams going to work for law enforcement or government or fire that you would end up with $100,000 a year in a pension, not, you don't even have to work. You just get up in the morning, have a cup of coffee, look at your spouse across there and look out at the birds, look at the hummingbirds, take a couple breaths, take a little shower, walk around, go for a little drive, go do, do a few errands, plant, put a plant in the ground. And all the time, you just, money's flowing through that mailbox. About $9,000, what, 9000 a month or something like that? Unbelievable. It's like three thousand dollars. That is that three thousand dollars a day, uh, or three hundred dollars a day, something like that. Incredible. It says here, uh, Kern County Employees Retirement Association had a twenty-one percent increase in people collecting a hundred thousand dollars. 
That happened in 2017-18. Now, the reason I want to I'm going to preface I'm going to talk about Marysville, Yuba City in a minute. The reason we're talking about 2017-18 figures here is because we're always lagging behind. I want to inform all the city managers and the county administrators and all the, the newspapers that when government concludes their year, their fiscal year, 2017, 2018, 2018, 2019, it takes them a while to close their books and turn it over to auditors who then turn it over to the state of California for them to look things over. In other words, just at at June 30, on whatever year, they don't take a snapshot on that day. They don't have the ability to do that. And so they're always lagging behind. That's why I'm giving you figures from 2017-18. And the fact is that if if cities or counties resist giving their salary information to Transparent California, it's even older than that. Then this, then when you publish this information, then the cities and counties say, oh, well, they're just talking about back then. So Los Angeles Fire and Police Association, their pensions went up 20%. The amount of people, not their pensions, all their pensions, but the people that the number that were earning a hundred grand or more went up 20%. Fresno, 19%. San Diego, 16%, right? That's just a handful of the 58 counties in California. Nearly half of all California cities face a high risk of physical distress due to rising pension costs, according to a recent analysis from the California State Auditor's Office. Now, the city of Marysville is all, they got all butthurt over, over this financial report that the auditor uh, produced, and the city of City got kind of sort of butthurt over it. Now, the city manager of Marysville is just, She's insecure anyway. So bringing this up just through her, she she had some sleepless nights. But do you know where the auditor gets their figures from? I want you to just, I'm going to give you five seconds. Five, four, three, two, one. I'm going to tell you now. You, you got any guess? Where would the count, the state auditor get their figures from? Do you think they like go to a Ouija board? Do you think they look at a crystal ball? Do you think they listen to people from Marysville talk trash and get their figures, all their details, figures on liquidity, debt, uh, pensions, all those kind? Do you think they? How do you think they get all that? Right? They pay a, a. They pull out the tarot cards. They talk to a sorcerer. No, they actually get those figures from the city or the county that they're talking about. They're submitted by those entities, and so all they did is they take an audit. I took some accounting, as I've mentioned before in college, and then I sat on the Yuba County Office of Education school board for three or four terms, and we had a audit that we paid a lot of money for every year. An outside firm came in, audited all our books, and and then they had in the back of the audit, they called a, there was a section called findings. And the findings were things they didn't like about how our operation went. And uh, but the the audit uh, was a snapshot of the entire the entire year, the previous 12 months. 
And we could, if we wanted to argue that, or we have a financial manager over there at the uh, county uh, office, they had a financial person that worked there full time. She could, in this case, it's been a she for the past 20, 30 years. She could uh, contend with that, but, but in, uh, they, and they could make an adjustment in the audit. But when they put out the audit book, it was a big old thick book, fancy book. And then they had findings, and then we would, uh, the, as a school board, we would look at those findings and say, hey, we need to fix those findings. And by the next audit, they would address whether we addressed those findings. Now, we were always working behind, not as far behind as the cities are, but because we had to turn it out every single year, we had to knock out that audit. So the city of Marysville got all butthurt because they the audit of 2016-17, which is it's like taking a photo of your child uh, at the end of at the end of uh, June 30, 2017, taking a photo and measuring the child's height on your on your door jam and weighing them and taking pictures of their scars and right and just go over the whole thing. That's a that's an audit. It's a snapshot. You could even go to the doctor and have a blood test done. You could have lots of things done to tell you about your child. But in this case, it's just looking at the finances of the city. So instead of just saying, here's what a good manager would say. Yep. If if the if 2016-17 audit was accurate, what they were saying was accurate. I would say if I was a city manager, I said, yep, that was a funky year right there. That was a bad year, and and it re- reflects some really funky, crappy choices. This is what Lou Benninger would say, made by previous leaders and administrators uh, and council members that caused this city to go in the tank. And so here I am. I came on board at this date, and my goal is to get us out of that predicament. And here is my, here is the way we're working on it since the 2017 drop-dead date where that audit came through on June 30, 2017, if that's the date. And I'd say since that date, these are the things that we've, we've been working on to improve our situation. I would not make any excuses or whine like they did here. Like Marty Brent, it's deeply troubling. Oh, get real. Like, get a life, why don't you? Deeply troubling? Hearing about the city's ranking through a media report? Who do you think you're going to get it from? You're going to get it from a special delivery person? They pay some Uber driver to come up and say the auditor said something? That's the way things are published. They're published in the media. It's deeply troubled. Why don't you just, why don't you say, yeah, we're all deeply troubled. Everybody that owns property in this stinking city is deeply troubled about the state of the city in 2016-17. The question is, anybody got any better ideas over there? Because they've been collecting all this money from Measure C. That's a sales tax increase. And SB4, that was a that was an increase on road taxes. And no roads have been paid. That's troubling to me. So it says, oh, deeply troubling. You know something? That's like a kid getting caught and and the cookies jar lids off. The kid's got frosting all around the mouth and he said he didn't eat anything. And he said, I'm deeply troubled that you're accusing me, mother, of uh, dipping into the cookies. Right. Why don't why don't 
city uh, and county government just admit their screw-ups and say, we really screwed up, or point back. You know why? Because they all cover each other's ass. That's what this is all about. There's people that are still living in this city that buried this city in debt when they bought five acres and didn't have any money but floated bonds to buy all five acres, and now we owe $17 million. And they're trying, and then they, these new city council members, instead of saying they really screwed up back then, they start saying that we're, we're now rebonding and we're going to refinance all that. And, and we now have done this wonderful thing where we made all this money. They pretend like they're making all this money for the state or for the city. And they're not making all this money. Yeah, thank God we're getting a reduced bond expense. But the fact is, why don't they give you the whole picture? No, they just give you a slice of the picture that they want you to see, which is deceptive. Normally, we call it lying. It's just flat out lying instead of telling the whole truth. Every time I got a, I, I had to go and testify in court here a couple of years ago, and I had to swear in. They said, tell the truth. You're going to tell the truth. You're going to tell the whole truth. You're going to tell nothing but the truth. So help you God. And so in this, it's when somebody says, oh, it's deeply troubling. Hell, yes, yeah, troubling. Because the previous people to her will see how she does and will we'll judge her not by how, what she tells me in the newspaper. We judge her on her work. But why don't they just go back and say this is how the previous city councils have totally screwed this city over and walked away and they're fine. But they made decisions to totally screw up the entire city finances for generations to come. It's deeply troubled. I find it deep. Oh, r really? It's troubling? Well, I, you know, if a person didn't even give a rip, say, well, it doesn't make any difference to me, right? It's deeply troubling. Unfortunately, the states, this is a quote, this is so pitiful. Unfortunately, the state auditor's damaging and outdated. Damaging is a word that you didn't do nothing wrong. Nobody did anything wrong. See, in, in government, it's like, oh, nobody did anything wrong. Everything's totally screwed up, but no one actually made a wrong decision. That's just politically correct crap. Unfortunately, a state's auditor, his the auditor's damaging and outdated remarks. Well, that's amazing. Anytime there's an audit, it's, it's in a sense outdated. In fact, it could be worse today than it was back then, unless the city tells us about it. It's fascinating to me that the city is now charging for emergency services, but has never publicly explained what, how much they're going to charge the citizens and told just like if, if you went into a, a if any of these uh, workers at the city of Marysville went over to Carl's Jr. or McDonald's and they charged them an amount that wasn't declared and they didn't like the amount, they would probably refuse to pay for it. But the city can charge you anything they want, and they don't even tell you they're going to charge it. They just think, hey, to hell with you. You live in this city. You're going to pay whatever we want whenever we decide we want to pay it want to charge it we'll make up any fee we want you don't have anything to do with it you don't get to vote on it you don't get to have a say in it we're not going to have a hearing about it we're just going to make a decision 
and you're going to get a bill in the mail or, you, you know, it's amazing to me. I had when this guy got a bill after a little old, uh, uh, garage fire in Marysville, he got a bill for a couple thousand dollars or f- almost five thousand dollars. And he called me about it. He didn't even know me. He tracked me down, called me, said, I don't understand. Can you help me figure this out? And, and I had one of the, the council members said, well, they're just billing his insurance company as if it's like no big deal. As long as it's a third party paying the bill. This is why we're in trouble with all the drugs and everything. Where Go with pharmaceuticals. You go down and get a prescription. It's like $700 if you want to pay cash. Oh, well, you should just have, you know, you don't have insurance. Well, they, we, we're used to screwing the third-party people. So we want to screw your insurance company because, you know, it doesn't cost you anything anyway. Hell, yeah, it does. You go out and get insurance and you put a claim in on that insurance, they'll cancel your insurance. They'll charge you extra next time. So the, the representative from the city said to me when I asked him about that, well, we're just going to build the insurance companies. It's really not your money. I thought you people are totally nuts. Totally nuts. It, it's like when I talk to, uh, I can't remember this guy's name. I talked to him about the B Street Boondoggle when they financed that. His name was Dixon. Dixon Coulter. That's his name. And I called the, he, at that time they had a finance expert. He, he was in charge of all the finances at the city of Marysville. He tried to, this guy is such a damn idiot. He tried to convince me that that, was a good decision buying those five acres for five million dollars, and then it, within a matter of months they were, were they were worth a little over two million, and they bonded them, and then within two years it went up to seven million, and then they refinanced it, and then it was going to be twenty five year payout at seventeen million. He tried to convince me that that was a good deal because we we're going to pay for that with inflated dollars that weren't worth so much. I thought you know something. I'm glad you're not involved in handling my retirement funds. So according to the findings, Marysville was considered high risk in areas such as debt burden, pension obligations, pension funding, future pension costs, and post-employment benefit funding. So Brown then talks about what's happened since then, which is fine. Why don't you just say, you know something? Unfortunately, the city nearly went bankrupt why don't you just say that it's like you think people are just going to get up twelve thousand people and walk across the bridge into yuba city there's not enough houses to handle us we're stuck here we're hostages marysville is holding people hostage because there's no place to go people have a difficult you think when they say half the people in the state of california are considering moving uh you know why they haven't is because they're being held hostage. They got they can't just up and sell their house automatically because it's expensive. They can't just transfer jobs because there may not be a job. They their company may not be operating in the city they want to go to. They got to find a place to go. They got to pull their kids out of school. It's a big it's a big job. People are held hostage once they get roots down somewhere. It's very when people move, it's amazing movement. It's amazing change for people. It's shocking. So Brown says the city, so Brown touts the changes, which is fine. Tell the changes you've been, you've been making. 
But you know something? They always portray it as they never tell the whole story. They never tell, well, we went out and got more bonds. We borrowed more money. We borrowed more money to buy 19 police cars and how much that's going to be. Let's tell the whole story. An audit, a full audit is supposed to tell the whole story, right? At that point in time, no audit portrays or pretends to tell the whole story into the future. That's stupid. Accountants just take a, a, a snapshot of the finances or the health at a particular state in time. You know, it's interesting to me, uh, if a doctor did a, a full physical on you at a particular place in time, say in 2017, and you were fat, overweight, diabetic, and uh, eating all the wrong stuff, and couldn't even walk on a treadmill, but then you whipped it into shape, and you changed your whole life in the next two years. Somebody talking about your health checkup back then, you're going to whine about it? You're going to like, oh, well, that's unfair. I'm, I'm all hot looking today. Oh, that's, uh, it's a shame he, he told me what his scientific analysis of my body was in 2017 because I'm a babe now. What kind of people are you over there? It's like you guys are crazy in the city of Marysville. Why don't you just be honest, straightforward, transparent? How about some of that? You know, people are forgiving, and if they want to move, they'll move, right? But some people, like myself, the only reason, the only reason I'm here is because of my age, and I happen to own the property I'm on, and it's cheaper to stay here no matter how ridiculous it gets. It, I guess there's a limit. Uh, or if or if I get an offer that that I think God wants me to move, I'll be moving in a day. I'd be gone if God said move over here. I would be gone in 24 hours. Easy. And I'd just tell my friends to sell my house, pack my crap and bring it over. I'd just do that. I wouldn't fuss with it. I'd just be on my way. But to make all these excuses and whine and complain or take pot shots at the auditor? Oh, come on. That makes the city of Marysville look like the crappy place it is. You know, the perspective they're trying to give you here is we're wealthy. And I, you know what I tell people all the time? I said, you don't even have to look at the finances. Just drive through town. You don't have to look at any finances. The only people that are really benefiting by the city of Marysville right now are those that work at the city of Marysville. The average person, I haven't looked lately, by average person is earning in the city of Marysville is pitiful. Thirty, forty thousand dollars a year, a whole household, and we got people down there in the city making one hundred fifty thousand dollars a year. The only people benefiting in the city of Marysville is, is the employees. The rest of us are are just getting screwed, totally getting screwed. That's just the way it is. We're gonna uh, take a break here and uh, be back. Uh, we're gonna I'm gonna play a clip for you called "Impeach Donald Trump?" Question mark. And here we go. Be right back. Johnson here inside of the socialist state of California. We are asking people for Benny on the block a very simple question today. Should Donald Trump be impeached? And why? I can't wait to hear what they have to say. Let's go find out. 
D'Artagnan from the Three Musketeers. Hi, what's going on? <laughs> Should Donald Trump be impeached? Yes. Yes. <laughs> Should be impeached. Most definitely. Why do you think that? He's just a complete idiot. But being an idiot isn't an impeachable offense by, by the Constitution. No, but, uh, you know, the other things that he has done that are impeachable. Like? Um, shit. Uh, like, uh, now I'm blanking. Um, uh, help me out here. <laughs> uh, his impeachable offenses. Because, like... Yeah. <laughs> um, I mean... Uh, what do you think he's done that's impeachable? I feel like somebody should have taken away that man's Twitter account a long time ago. Donald Trump should be impeached for his tweets. Yes. Should President Donald Trump be impeached? Yes. Why do you think he should? I just think he's doing a bad job and I can't stand a lot of the things he says. And is that impeachable? Yeah, um, by law, I'm not, I'm not sure about that. Should uh, Donald Trump be impeached? I think he should be, just because he should be held responsible for his actions. That's, yeah. Uh, why do you think he should be impeached? Because he should be held responsible for his actions. What? Which actions specifically? I don't want to go into it. It's a lot. It's a lot. It's just too much, and I don't know. I don't really want to get into it right now. Should Donald Trump be impeached? I think he should. Why? Because he abuses his power. In what in what way though? Um in a way that he kind of like thinks that he can get away with anything. What did he get away with? His his phone conversation with like everything that he like talked about and like everything that he's trying to go through with like the Bidens and everything. His phone conversation and everything. What do you think? I mean, I don't I don't think he ever should have been in office, so yeah, I agree, he should be impeached. Because he should have never been in office, he should be impeached? I mean, he's, he's, he's not even a politician, he's like a what, a, a failed business owner or something? Wrong. Should Donald Trump be impeached? I mean, the guy's just a kook. But he's our president, so everybody says we gotta stand behind him. I prefer to stand in front of him and kick him in the nuts. I was a political science major. So do you believe Donald Trump should be impeached? Yes. Why do you think he should be impeached? Uh, well, he should be impeached based on the premises that he, uh, basically, in layman terms, it's just uh, like no quid pro. What what law was broken? What do you believe is an impeachable offense? I mean, he is not legally allowed to ask other countries to help his own political gain. It's. It technically falls under a treasonous act, therefore, that is an, an impeachable offense. A toast, yeah? To high treason. Do you think Donald Trump should be impeached? Most definitely. The most corrupt, worst president this country could ever have as a veteran. He can say and do anything he pleases. He gets all the morons behind him. These are the same people that believe in the flat earth. Trump supporters, flat earthers? <laughs> they're, they're in the same league. If we impeach Donald Trump, remove him from office, that means President Mike Pence. What do you think of that? He's also not of sound mind. Just the whole cabinet should be done with. So impeach the whole cabinet? Yeah. I mean, Paul Ryan's not great, but he's going to be fine for a year, I think. <laughs> Paul, Paul Ryan isn't in government anymore. Oh, he's not? Would you be okay with President Mike Pence? I mean, based on everything that's going on at the moment, Mike Pence 
will also be indicted and removed. I don't like him, but I also really do not want his vice president taken over. President Mike Pence, would you be okay with that? Um, I'm not sure. I don't know a lot about him, so. But I don't think he's much better than Trump. Maybe a little bit better than Trump, but not much. That'd be a great slogan for him. I'm a little bit better. <laughs> yes, that would be. Okay. <laughs> right, would you support President Mike Pence? No. <laughs> I think they should impeach him and then Nancy can step up. So impeach both of them? Yes. Yes. Right, then President Pelosi. Yes, President Pelosi. Do you think Pence should be president? It's just not that. No? Okay. no, no. So then what's going to happen? We impeach him, then Pence is president. Exactly. That's why it's such a tricky thing to talk about because it's just all bad. And, you know, it has to start from the bottom up. Like, we have to build it, I think, from the bottom up in order for it to be a, a better country again. Started from the bottom, now we're here? Yes, exactly. So Drake should be president. And that is what the wonderful people of California had to say about Donald Trump getting impeached. They all want it to happen. But nobody quite knows why. See you next time, California. Read your Constitution. Later. I wanted to mention a couple things. Um, my favorite theater operation in the Yubasutter area is the Creative Light Theater. It operates out of the theater, Embassy Theater, on the Church of Glad Tiding campus in Yuba City, just north of the city, out in the county, at 1179 Eager Road. And... Uh, or at the corner of Highway 99 Eager or Live Oak Boulevard in Eager. Eager crosses between the two thoroughfares there. So it's very easy to get to, three minutes maybe north of the mall. Um, so it's in Building 100 right next to the skate park. It's called the Building 100. We call it a, it's, it's a multi-purpose facility, but we set it up as a theater. And uh, it'll hold several hundred people, maybe 700 people jammed. And... Um, we do a couple of theaters, or they do a couple of theaters. I say we because I'm involved in the church operation that operates off that campus. I'm not personally involved in the theater, though I promote it like this and help them promote it because I like theater. And it's just not any old theater like humdrum theater or tacky church uh, effort or even just uh, a play that's meaningless. The plays out there have a wholesome value-laden message, family-oriented, very good, fun, original music. Most of them are originally written. They aren't uh, just repeats off something-something, although we occasionally do one. Uh, but this, uh, this new play, Merry Merry, is uh, kind of a theme of the holiday, the Christmas time of year. Uh, but it's about what happened uh, back in year 0000, and uh, it's exploring the life of Mary, Jesus' mother, and describes her as just an average teen 
girl in the town of Nazareth, born to Jewish parents, having brothers and sisters, friends, extended family, having responsibilities at home while nurturing dreams of her own. The event that set her apart, as we know if we've read the Bible, was sealed when she put all that aside, all her personal interests and desires and dreams, and said yes to God's call. Unknowingly setting in motion hell's opposition to the miracle of bringing salvation to all men. And she haven't actually had hell's opposition in her own life. Even during the times of the, the uh, pregnancy and then the raising of this boy. Sharing her faith, her obstacles, her triumph as she chooses obedience to heaven's call. So this play is going to be every night from December 6th through the 10th. And... Um, the good thing is it's free. They take an offering, a collection, if you want to donate towards all the money goes to pay for props and costumes and just running the theater operation. No one's paid. It's all people from the community that act in this. It's not just people that attend the church. There's many of them do, but all the, the behind the scenes people, the music people, the, the actual actors, actresses, all uh, are generally from this community that, that love to be involved in theatrics so you ought to go check it out uh they do have a a break in the middle of the play where you can get some refreshments it's really going to be a fun christmas memory and very educational so check it out i also wanted to mention um that uh monty hecker at elite universal security that i mentioned his business earlier because he's kind of coordinating there there's actually a county coordinator but Monty has taken the lead and become kind of a place of collecting petitions and, and handing out blank petitions and getting signatures to recall the governor. And um, he also is has been a big supporter of mine in this in this show, even when we moved from um, when we were on the radio, live radio, AMFM, and then we moved over to podcast. He just stuck with us and believed in the show. So uh, if you want to get a job uh, as a security uh, guard, as a security worker, and even dispatcher, they have all kinds of jobs. Uh, they have mechanics working for them. They have, they have all kinds of needs. You can call them at 530-749-0280. They'll teach you how to get into the guard business, and you might want to do a little taste test doing that and then think, you know, like I've met a lot of security guards even at the hospital here that later I found over at Yuba County Sheriff or Yuba City Police or Marysville Police. They think, I like this guard business, and I think I'd like to be a police officer. And so they can just you just kind of move on up. So they have all kinds of classes that they offer at their location on uh, out on Federer Boulevard. And you some classes, they claim, you can even do some of it online. And... Um, you can also, if you're not interested in going to work out there, if you need them to help you guard your stuff, which are at this time of year, the tweakers are stealing uh, walnuts and almonds and fruit and pomegranates and persimmons. They're just stealing stuff because they're tweaking and they don't, um, the government isn't giving them enough money. The government's given some money. They're funding, they're funding the methamphetamine business, the U.S. government is, California is, but they're not giving them enough money to keep their tweak habit going, so they steal loads of fruit and hard, you know, farmer's products because they think, oh, it grew on a tree, so it's everybody's. That's what they think. 
It's kind of trippy. So uh, Elite Universal Security provides protection for those type of entities as well as protecting your house and your business and they'll even put people on the ground they have they protect the courthouse they even work for government but you can get a job working in one of those places and uh, so i want to mention you can also get an ex uh, firearms permit or concealed weapons permit through their classes that they give usually once or twice a month on the weekends or you can get recertified. You can get a live scan from them. You can get a notary. They even have a mobile notary. They'd like meet you somewhere and notarize your stuff right where you are, out on the side of a pickup somewhere, out in a field if you're too busy to come out of the field. So uh, check them out, and uh, they'll treat you right. And uh, Monty Hecker's a retired veteran. They're good people. They run a good operation. And he's the other thing I like about him. He he stands up for what he believes in. So he he was a coordinator when we tried to re repeal the gas tax. Remember Prop Six. And uh, and now he's leading the charge here in Yuba Sutter counties for recall Newsom, the governor Newsom. Uh, I I don't know you know who uh, Rob Schneider is. He's a comic. He's been in movies. He's been on Saturday Night Live. Recently, uh, you know, uh, Octavio Cortez, whatever her name is, the gal from back in New York, uh, Nancy Pelosi made some comment about her that in that district, you could put a D after a cup of water and the water would win because Democrats so uh, inhabited that district. In other words, that was a solidly Democrat district. Rob Schneider recently mocked California voters by saying uh, they would vote for a bowl of shit if it had a D next to it. I thought, you know something? Uh, normally I don't say that on the radio or on the podcast, but I thought it just fits. They would, they would vote for a pile of shit if you'd put a D after it. That's how stupid Democrat voters and idiotic they are. So one of the, my longtime listeners sent a, uh, an email to me giving me a couple uh, articles, one from Sacramento Bee, and, uh, and I'm not going to spend a lot of time on the details, and another one from the Seattle area, about a Seattle area councilman that's obviously uh, has lost his mind. Uh, he may have, you know, there's a real, there's a real uh, proliferation of syphilis in the country right now and i think a lot of the politicians have got some because syphilis if you don't treat it with penicillin it will actually screw your head up and screw your brain up and that's unrepairable once it gets in there so uh, we have a since about the last six or seven or eight years yuba county health department says we have a, throughout the united states a huge expansion of syphilis and uh, so I'm just wondering whether some of these people have lost their ever-living mind. But in the Sacramento Bee, the California Highway Patrol is reporting <clears throat> that not only do we have people using the downtown streets to relieve themselves. In fact, I was walking down, I was leaving the gym downtown Marysville the other night, and I could smell urine just walking out to the car. I thought, oh, we're starting to smell more and more like San Francisco right here locally. Maybe that's one of the benefits that the city is trying to get is be kind of metropolitan and maybe have that 
flavor, that smell, that aura, that aroma of stale urine in downtown Marysville. So the Sacramento Bee was reporting that the California Highway Patrol said they think that that people are just p- pulling off to the side of the road on the freeway and un- and un- setting off bottles of urine that they've been uh, you you know used in the car driving along, or they actually squat down and relieve themselves. Number two, as we used to say, number two, and uh, they showed pictures of it in this article in Sacramento Bee. So my friend who has been listening to the show, we've never met face to face. He started calling California Fisifornia. Well, that's a new. Now, I've, you know, I've had a lot of, you know, we've thought of Comifornia and uh, a lot of names for, you know, uh, a lot of different names for California now. Calazuela for the socialism, Calazuela. Comifornia for communism. Now we got Fisifornia. That sounds good. It kind of has a ring to it, right? Because we we just seem to not care anymore. And uh, and he also calls in his email. He calls Democrats feceocrats, who believe feces have more rights than taxpayers. Uh, so if you call people out on things like this, then your your hatred, your hater, and you're a racist. Right, you're a homophobe or a homosexual or a, a homeless phobe, uh, but the feces are people. Uh, anyway, I won't go into all the details, but he calls it feceifornia and feceocrats, which I'm just going to give him the credit of creating that term right out of the uh, right out of the blue. Maybe I'll get into the next urban. Uh, next issue of the Urban Dictionary. Well, let's see. Um, I also wanted to mention trauma intervention program, which this time of year we raise some money for trauma intervention. You, if you're very far away, like I know we have people listening from the state of Washington and Idaho and Texas and oh, I don't know where else, Nevada probably. Um, you may not have a trauma intervention where you're located. They're not located in very many places, but they do a lot of good. Good. So we've been here since 1994, the end of 94. We've done over 11,000 911 responses. And people say, well, what do you do out there anyway? And I say, well, we, we provide practical and emotional support to all their survivors after a really bad situation. So the other day we were went to the hospital and a baby wasn't breathing. And at the same time, there were some youngsters got in a car accident and they were coming in by ambulance. And then we'd go out on shootings and people that we went out the other day and a toddler was missing, 13, 14 month old toddler was missing. We just go out on all kinds of stuff, houses burning down. You know, when something bad happens, um, people appreciate some help. So we go out there and help them. Help them find some resources to get them through the worst day of their life. So we do that for free, and um, government doesn't pay for it. But if And we put in about 40,000 hours a year here in Yuba-Sutter County serving 160,000 people. When you figure out the, the, the government, the federal government figures the value, this a few years ago, this value I'm going to give you, figures the value of a volunteer is about 20, less than 20, probably about $25 now, but at that time it was just shy of that. 
So that computes out to almost a million dollars a year in public service that uh, volunteers from trauma intervention citizens in this area provide to our co-work co-neighbors uh, our co-citizens and um, so if you'd like to help us this is the time of year sometimes when people think of oh i'm going to make a donation i'm going to make a like i think giving tuesday's coming up or sometimes it's into people's tax year they want to give something for a good cause and write it off so if you want to give to a good cause where all of your money you hear that all because we don't we don't have we don't pay for rent we don't own an office we uh, we kind of operate out of our homes with technology and Facebook and websites and phones that are hooked to the 911 system so we have some administrative costs like insurance and computers and technology and phones but we don't have like paying for a hundred or two hundred thousand dollar building or paying a thousand dollar a month rent we don't have that kind of thing because we're lean and mean so that means almost every nickel that you give us 99 percent of every nickel goes towards helping uh, our clients and training new new volunteers and and like doing briefings like a couple weeks ago i was over at the chp office briefing officers about how to use tip what tip does so that costs some money and um so if you want to help us one the easiest way or not maybe it isn't the easiest for you but one way is to write us a check and send it to in the mail at p.o box 645 marysville 95901 P.O. Box 645, Marysville, 95901. That, that way, no one gets any, any bit of that money except tip. 100% goes to tip. If you want to go online, you can. Very easy. GoFundMe.com backslash tip 2020. Very simple. GoFundMe, all one word, dot com backslash tip 2020. GoFundMe doesn't do it for free. They make they make a couple percent. They take that right off the top and then put the rest of it in our bank account, right? So you can help us at any level, you know. Um, Adventist Hospital has been very generous to us. They give us $5,000 a year by county ambulance. They've been very generous to us over the years because we work we work with these people every single day. They give us $2,500 a year. There's people that give us $1,000. One of my friends just sent $1,000. He's a sponsor of this program, sent us $1,000. He heard we were raising money again. People give us $10. You know, uh, clients that appreciate our work, they, they send us sometimes a gift. We don't ask them for money. We don't insist that they give us money, but some people are just grateful, and they send some money. Some people... uh you know, all we're, we, like I was telling my friend the other day that we were having lunch, and I just said, you know, we keep this thing going by gifts of all kinds, $10, $5, $20, $35, $3,500, $3, all kinds. So if you want to help uh, a, a work that, that uh, is amazing, you can help us. Otherwise, help somebody else. There's lots of good places to give money to and help, but we're one of them, and... and uh, you can keep us going, and we'll we'll work hard for you. So um, I'm going to uh, 
let's see, what can I do here? I'm coming down to a break here. Um, I'm going to talk now. I'm just going to lead into this, this article. I'm going to talk about the exodus from California. And it used to be when I heard there's a change or there's a fad or there's a movement or whatever, I'd say, oh, that's interesting. I haven't, I haven't heard anything about it and don't know anybody that's doing that, right? But people say, oh, this is a big thing, new way to do this or new way to do that or this, this new concept or fad. But now when they say there's people exiting the state of California, I know a lot of them. And they're going all over the place. They're going, like I mentioned earlier, to Texas. I have friends in Texas. I have people in Idaho, uh, Arizona. They're just, they're just on the move. Washington, and and they've kept in touch with me. Right? I just didn't hear about it. They kept like we're connected. Some of them listen to this show, or some just are connected on Facebook or some kind of social media. We stay in touch. So. This article, there's a couple articles here that come at it from a different uh, approach, but they're suggesting that most all Californians probably at this time know somebody that's left recently. And it, you know, it was a time in my life where I hardly knew anybody that left. If they came here, they stayed here pretty much. But now people are leaving. It says about 691,000 people packed up and left the Golden State for elsewhere in the United States just last year. That's 2018 for those in Marysville that are concerned about what dates we're working with here. You know, you can't, we don't know yet how many people left in 2019, uh, Mrs. Brown, because we haven't actually counted them all yet because we haven't finished the year. So we'll wait and we'll tell you that next year so you don't get your nose out of joint. So about 691,000 people packed up and left the Golden State for elsewhere in the U.S. last year. Uh, and it asks the question, does it feel like your friends are moving out of state? And they say, if it does, it's because they are. Uh, so it says, we've got more than goodbye parties and U-Haul shortages as evidence. U-Haul has shortages of people leaving the state. They have an abundance of U-Haul equipment trying to come back to the state. That's where it gets, it's cheap to bring it back. It's expensive to take it away. That's called, for you socialists, the principle of supply and demand. New, newly released census data shows approximately 691,000, as I mentioned earlier, moved from California to another U.S. state in 2018. About 501,000 people moved from another state over here from the same time period. So they, And they have statistics on what kind of people those were. A lot of them were welfare recipients. There you have it. Some of them were techies that are going down to Silicon Valley and they can afford to live down there because they're making a, a, a gigantian uh, sum of, mon of money. This is the seventh year in a row that more people have left the state than moved in, according to KNTV. We're going we're gonna to take a break. This is our third segment we're finishing. And uh, we're going to listen to Randy Thomason for a second. And then I'm... Uh, Save California Minute, and then uh, Father Guido talk about the missing commandments. So you want to stay on because you don't want to screw up if, and not know all the commandments. All right, we'll be right back. I get to do it and money too. 
Wildfires in California? I'm Randy Thomason with your SaveCalifornia.com Minute. Why is the so-called new normal 6,000 separate wildfires per year? And why do these wildfires spread so quickly? Because there are nearly 150 million dead trees in California's wilderness areas, providing lots of fuel for sparks to become little fires that grow into big fires. Because they're doing the bidding of liberal environmental groups that worship trees, the ruling Democrats have allowed quite a buildup of organic fuel. A child can understand how a match plus dry leaves can quickly turn into a fire. Why can't California's ruling Democrat politicians? All these wildfires are on their watch. Learn more at SaveCalifornia.com. Fighting the good fight for your values in California. You probably thought there was only like 10 commandments, you know, but there's so many more. I don't know how much you know the Bible, you know, but what happened with the Bible was Moses was the man who got the commandments. He went to the mountaintop. God gave him these two tablets with all the commandments on them. He brought the tablets down to his hometown. He found the people there was like worshiping a cow or something like that. <laughs> he was so mad, he threw down the tablets, he broke them. Then later on, he tried to remember what they were. And Moses, he was like old man. He was like 90 years old, he was grumpy. He had a, he had a chip on his shoulder from this cow incident. All, all he could remember was like the negative ones. You know, don't do this, don't do that. Thou shalt not this, thou shalt not that. But a lot of the commandments were more like advice in that, you know. And for instance, uh, the 11th commandment. Wait a half hour after eating before you go swimming. <laughs> You probably thought this was just something your mother told you or something, you know? It was God. Another one, 12th. Whistle while you work. You probably thought this was from Disney, you know? Stole it from God. Another, 13th commandment. This is a great one. 13th commandment says, when you use Q-tips, just go around the outside of the ears. Don't go poking in the canal. Don't poke like that. All right, you win. You get one song, one song, my friend. And when the music stops, we say goodbye And then I'll be moving on with my life All right. Uh, you heard that uh, California Minute by Randy Thomason. Randy, when I was doing radio programs and when I couldn't be there sometimes, Randy would drive up 
he was living in Sacramento. I don't know what, where he lives today, but in the Sacramento area, he'd drive up and set in on me, set in for me at the radio station. And uh, Randy has actually come up and spoken at events we've had out at the church at Glad Tidings, whether they were days of prayer, you know, National Day of Prayer, I think he was up one time, or just special events. He's a great speaker. And I wanted to mention to you his two websites that are excellent websites if you want to know who to vote for, what's going on with a particular bill, family-related bill, uh, how your um, legislator voted. Uh, Randy will suggest how he would vote if he was in your area. It's just a, it's a great website, chock full of good information on keeping you in tune with what's going on in the state of California. It's called SaveCalifornia.com, not org.com, SaveCalifornia.com. But then this became such a big issue that he had to spin off a separate website, and it's called RescueYourChild.com. And the reason that happened was because, you know, he knew and he knows all the current legislation coming through on every topic because that's his job. He's the expert and he needs to stay being an expert. So you need to stay on top of it. So he knows all the educational craziness in our school system. And he knows the, the ugly aspect of it. And so he got so concerned that he began instead of just fighting these issues, which he still does, he thought, I need to do more than fight issues. I need to help people because your kids are only kids for a short time, right? And they only are in the first grade one time or the third grade one time. And if they get screwed around in that grade, that's the only third grade experience they'll get. So he began to create a, he created a website called rescueyourchild.com. And he gives parents some options on how to get your kid out of school and into a different type of school, either you homeschool them or something, something. He, he gives you uh, what's wrong with the school, uh, what's wrong with the school, school system. So I want to, I want to, I'm, I'm on the website right here. So it says rescuechild.com and his, his, um, his motto or mantra is train up a child in the way he should go. And when he's old, he will not depart from it. Proverbs 22, 6. And it says more and more California parents are removing their children from government public schools. But why? He said with 10 sexual indoctrination laws impacting kids in public school with no parental opt out and 10 more alarming concerns, dads and moms have realized that today's public schools are unsafe. Now, probably you thought, oh, my kid's going to get shot at school. No, 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 no. There's something worse than that. If your kid's mentally being mentally, emotionally, spiritually, academically harassed and manipulated, sexually and physically screwed around with, that that's a big risk right there, right? We had we had all kinds of females being molested when Jim Whitaker worked for over twenty years at Yuba City Unified School District. They just had a court hearing this this past week. And uh it was just a uh a hearing to discuss the trial schedule, but it didn't go any farther than that. But but for 20 years, the city, the, the Yuba City Unified, which is getting set, set, uh, sued by the uh, some of the victims, as long as well as the superintendents and Jim Whitaker, 
they're getting civilly sued because no one took any act action against Whitaker and no one, the police didn't get involved. The administrators didn't get involved. Uh, they would never take any action. There's record of him doing things, but they didn't, didn't take any disciplinary action. So uh, in, under this website, it says the school system is b broken beyond repair. The dynamic words here isn't, aren't broken. It's beyond repair. The system's broken beyond repair. It's kind of like when your car, you take your car into the mechanic and he says, Lou, you need to get a new car. The cost to repair this is so egregious. There's so much wrong with this car. You're better off just to junk this car and start fresh from new, right? Randy says the system is broken beyond repair with an indoctrination agenda. See, when you have it, when you make a boo-boo, that's a boo-boo. But when you have an indoctrination agenda in the school systems like the unions have and the left has, you're screwed. Uh, this agenda is in conflict with the average family's moral standards. I'm not talking about Christians. I'm not talking about churchgoers. I'm talking about just the average family's moral standards. You know, the average family does not think molestation is okay. The average family does not believe that bringing a transsexual into the classroom scantily clothed and talking about... Uh, in other words, a male with genitalia hanging down, but dressed as a female. Most families don't think that's okay, and don't and they would rather have their kids be out playing on the playground or studying arithmetic, English, right? Something like that. This is not a wholesome education system. This is an education system that's full of perverts, right? In fact. Teachers can be perverts and cannot be removed. Uh, they can act like a pervert as long as they don't grab you by the short hairs and rape you. And even then, it, it, you can't get rid of them right away. But if, if they can act all feminine, if they're a guy all feminine and weird and everything, or you can have a gal acting all rough and full of testosterone, and they're good to go in our classrooms. And they can get all political. They can trash Trump. They can cuss and everything. No problem. They get away with that, right? So he says, see the 10 bad laws and the 10 and 10 more concerns. Then see how to rescue your ch children and be the main inf life influencer. I want to say something about being the main life influencer. I have friends, Dave and Cheryl Bryan, one time they had their kids in a Christian, in a Christian uh, school. They're three boys. And they didn't like some of the things that were going on in the Christian school. <clears throat> and finally, they just removed their kids and they homeschooled them. And the reason they told the principal was they said, listen, I only got these kids once, these boys, and I want the primary life influencer to be me and the mother, not you, even though you're a Christian school, because I, I want my thumbprint on my kids, not your thumbprint. And it's my responsibility. I'm going to be held for you Christians out there, God will hold you responsible for your kids' uh, education and your the upbringing, which includes their education. So if you put your kids in a school system that are a bunch of perverts and weirdos and I cannot keep them safe 
uh, that's on you, right? So um, one quote here is, I truly believe that God intends for parents to educate their own children. This is a lady that took her kids out of school, picture over here with her daughter. I truly believe God intends parents to educate their own children, both academically and spiritually. Through the difficult times and the easy times, my family has been greatly blessed by God. Now, reasons to be concerned about public schools, Randy says, number one, homosexual, bisexual, transsexual, uh, screwy gender ideas, indoctrination, number one. Number two, abortion indoctrination. Number three, condom birth control indoctrination. Number four, anti-God, pro-evolution indoctrination. Do you know if your kid talks about that they say, tell us something happened good over the weekend, you say, oh, I went to Bible camp, I had a good time, I met Jesus, that ain't going to fly in our public schools, right? Even though it should be, did you you know that, that the public schools, now there's no freedom of speech, there's no First Amendment rights on the campus. You say, well, Lou, I didn't hear about that. Well, they're not going to tell you about it. They just enforce it. They tell your kid to shut your mouth. You can't talk about Jesus in here. In fact, some principals are such idiots that they tell kids they can't even carry their Bible into school. Schools are Jesus-free zones. They are not religious-free zones. If you bring Pun- the Punjabi religion in there, Buddhism, uh Islam, they're all good to go, but Jesus ain't going to fly in there, right? Number six, dumb down academics. I, I, I'm shocked. I am shocked at the people that claim to be college students, college graduates, and they're just flat stupid. They're, they're just a stu- they're dingbats. They're stupid dingbats. They can't even write a, a paragraph that makes any sense. Negative peer pressure. You can you could take a pro-abortion T-shirt in there, but if you go to a pro-life T-shirt, oh, you you're you're going to get your ass beat. You go in there and wear a Trump shirt, you're going to get whooped up upon, right? You go in there and and, and do a a Che Guevara shirt, who was an assassin and a murderer, or Castro shirt, you're good to go. You're good to go. It it is a totally screwed up mess. If you if you don't know what you're doing in school, the best thing you can do is get your kid out of there and put them in a private school or do them. You say, well, I can't afford it. You know, you, you need to uh, quit having kids. If you can't afford to raise your kids, you need to give them to somebody else. Give me a call, 530-713-1838. I'll, I'll get somebody to raise your kids for you. If you can't raise your kids, I got all kinds of people. In fact, I, a couple came up to me the other night after church said, hey, we, we, we want to adopt kids. So if, if you can't raise your kids and the best you can do is turn them over some perverts at the public education system, uh, you need to find somebody else to raise your kids. If you and just go out there and have a good time, go to the bars at night, just party, 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 just get it on, do some heroin, uh, snort stuff up your nose, go down there and, you know, knock down a quart of Royal Crown. Just go funky and give your kids to us. We'll raise them. We love kids. And and we'll spend some money on them, get them raised up right. Five three zero seven one three one eight three eight. We'll take your kids, and uh, we'll do we'll do good. They'll come out good. Randy Thomason said, "There's a battle for your child. Whoever fights harder will win." That's true in life, isn't it? There's a battle out there, 
And if you want to remain passive, you're going to get your butt kicked. Uh, Randy says, question and answer. My child's teacher and my public school seem to respect family values. Should I be concerned? And his answer is, yes, be concerned. What seems to be okay is no protection in the face of bad laws. And then he lists all these bad laws. you got to go to this website, rescueyourchild.com. And then he talks about SBA, requiring children to admire lesbian, gay, bisexual, and transgender Americans. It's mandatory for all public schools. Mandatory means you can't t- keep your kid out. Now, I just flip them the bird and keep the kid home from school and go see a good movie, have some fun, or go fishing or something. Uh and he just goes on lists all these. Uh, are schools required to inform parents about the upcoming curriculum or even events Harvey, honoring Harvey Milk? Did you know that the perverts down there in Sacramento created a day that's mandatory day in our public school system called Harvey Milk Day where we honor a pedophile? It, do you know what a pedophile is? That's a fancy word for a child molester. And Harvey... His, you know, different people prefer different types of children to have sex with. Did you know that? Harvey, he liked young boys that were under 18. Do you know why they like young kids? Because they're easy to have sex with. Did you know that? It's easier to have sex with a youngster than it is a kid that's 18 or above. Uh, Because you can groom them. It's called grooming. It's it's intellectually grooming somebody to let you think it's okay to have sex with him. You bend the boy over and go up his backside. You get it? Or put it in his mouth. Do, you, do I need to explain that to you? Or do you? Now, that's a guy that we honor in our public education system. Now, how do you think they're describing Harvey Milk to the average kid? Does anybody have any kids nowadays asking them about what a homosexual does? A, a man homosexual with a young boy? Do you, do you give the you do, you do the birds and bees discussion on that deal, or how about ones that like to do an animal? We we haven't got a, uh, a you know a Lucy day where we screw up a, a you know a miniature pony or something. But Randy, Randy talks about this. What, why don't I see any sexual indoctrination happening in my public school? He says, if you haven't, you will soon, or it's happening behind your back because there's no parental notification or opt-out required. This, this website will actually blow the socks right off you if you're serious about it. Um, how does SB 48 and SB 777 affect charter schools? Isn't private school too expensive? How can I pay less tuition by having my child enroll in low-cost church school? Can I homeschool if I'm a working parent? Lots of great questions, lots of great answers. And so I'm not going to spend a lot, of, lot more time on this today because i got a lot of other things to talk about. Rescueyourchild.com. You better get serious. Once those kids get all screwed up in the head, you're going to have a hard time you're going to have a hard time correcting that because they put a lot of kids put a lot of stock in what comes out of that teacher's mouth. Why? Because you told them, pay attention to the teacher, pay attention, obey, follow that teacher. You don't get in trouble at school. You sit and be quiet. You listen, you write down the right answer, pay attention, do your homework, right? 
Well, part of that homework now is having a transsexual babe who's got a big old ding-dong hanging between his leg and out there telling his kids, and he's got boobies, right? And he's in there talking to your little three-year-old, five-year-old, seven-year-old, ten-year-old, like everything's good. We're good here. Maybe you're one. You want some boobs? We can put some boobs on you, right? You don't like me talking like that? You got your head in the sand, you know? We need to see your face, not your butt. Get your head out of the sand. Straighten up. Get real. A lot of people just send their kids to school, hope for the best. You, no hoping allowed. You got to go down there and find out what's going on. Pull your kids out of school. No, Rescueyourchild.com. Go, go do some rescuing. It's your responsibility. You had them. Or give them to somebody else to raise. I think that's a good idea. Oh, by the way, Major K. Over there at uh, Major K, you got to check on No on Major K. The website or the Facebook site, they are uh, they're keeping tabs. And, and they told me the other day that they think they're way under, but they don't know who, they don't think the county will be honest with them about how much money the county's collected so far. But they're using about 8000 a month so far since uh, Major K passed. They've taken almost $2.4 million out of the taxpayers' pockets because they couldn't pay for their pensions. They say, oh, we're, we're, we're putting it all into police and fire. They're lying. They're lying over there. They're putting it into pensions. $2.4 million. Would you like to have that money back so you could buy your kids a new pair of pants or send them to camp or buy them a skateboard or buy them a new book or a new computer? Instead, the government just took more, 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 more. Every time you turn around, we're taking some money from you. Pretty soon they're going to have a water rationing in the state of California. They're going to fine you. They fine you every chance they get. Ticket, 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 ticket. $2.4 million as of November 7th. And we think we're really underestimating over there at, at Major K. That's what they tell me. I've been asking them, what's going on over there? They said, Lou, we think it's really an underestimate, but we don't think the county will actually tell us the truth. So you know what's going to happen that money? When the appeal comes up in Sacramento and that appeal judge says he agrees with Judge Barrier, did you know this is such a ripoff in the state? It's communism, folks. Even though that tax was illegal from the beginning, and we told them so from the beginning, they just flipped us off. They gave us the bird. They not only gave us the bird, but they gave Howard Jarvis the bird as well. Howard Jarvis, the Taxpayers Association, right? They've been around since 1973. Honest people, full of attorneys, sharp people, no taxes. They said, this is violating Prop 13 and Prop 218. Oh, Robert Bendor said, well, thank you, but no, thank you. Spent millions of dollars over there, spent hundreds of thousands of dollars for this campaign, lied to the people, deceived the people. Judge Barrier said, yep, that's what they did. Now they're going to appeal it to appeal court. You know who gets to keep all this money? Does it go back to the people of Yuba County? No. Oh, yeah, the county people. Oh, well, we're going to spend it on a county to improve the county. You're not going to do that. You're going to spend it on pensions. That didn't do Jack Diddley for the county. You get the employee. The employee just works his, his hours or her hours. They, Yeah, thank God for them. But that extra, that we did that before that $2.4 million was taken out now what's that how's that going to benefit the county how's it going to benefit the county 
2.4 million it's probably going to be i bet it's going to be up to 10 million dollars for these said and you know who gets to keep the money the county after ripping us off lying from the beginning deceiving writing a bad ordinance in fact the, the gal that wrote the ordinance actually quit she quit her she was the county council and she said well i'm going to quit for personal reason i thought wow that's amazing i can't these attorneys get this guaranteed money whether they do a good job or not they get all this they could get retirement they get all this time off go on a vacation go on this every holiday they get off and she walked away from all that money almost two probably 50 150 170 a year and just wrote a bad ordinance and then said oh i think i'm going to leave because i'm, I'm concerned about i, I want to have more time with my family well there you have it all right, we're going to be right back. Uh, and let's see, let me tell me, I'll tell you what we're going to do right now. Oh, this is very good. Victor Davis Hansen's one of the brightest guys in California. He's a, he's been a, uh, he's been a farmer. He's a professor at Hoover, at Stanford University. He's on the Hoover Commission. He, he, he does a little talk here, short talk on the future of California that you don't want to know. This guy is really bright. Be right back. Havana, na-na hey. Half of my heart is in Havana, na-na hey. Hey. He took me back to East Atlanta, na-na-na uh, All of my heart is in Havana hey. There's something about his manners uh -huh. Havana, na-na He didn't walk up without how you doing When he came in the He said there's a lot of girls I can do with But I can't without them This is Brian Kaye for CalWatchdog.com. Democrats now control two-thirds of the state legislature. I asked Victor Davis Hansen what that means for California taxpayers. We don't have a, a, a choice. We're always seeing it with San Bernardino, and that's the pension system entitlements. The pension especially is not sustainable. And so what you're going to see is these things called user fees. I have a little place in this here. I got a bill. Nobody voted on it. Just said we've decided that you're in an area that theoretically might kind of, sort of, need California fire protection. Pay us $160. We kind of think you're in an income bracket that used the internet and didn't pay tax. We don't know you did, but pay us $600. I think that's going to be very common. That people are going to be slapped with every time you go to a campground, every time you uh, call up uh, 911, you're going to get user fees. The Highway Patrol hasn't listed statistics in two years on their ticketing. But this is, the supposition is that they've increased ticketing from about 900,000 tickets to well over a million and a half. And that's becoming a self-sustaining uh, enterprise. And you can see them everywhere. They're writing tickets, tickets, tickets. If, if uh, an illegal alien dumps a dishwasher in a pond near my house, I can't call any policeman because it's a money-losing proposition. But a yuppie in a Yukon that makes a rolling stop with a cell phone is a money-making proposition. And that's what California government, law enforcement across the board is they're making decisions on they have money, we're going to take it because we have pensions and we're broke. That's pretty much a reductionist argument, but it's true. You know, what impact or what does this California look like then? Because your example of San Bernardino, I think yeah. it was either the city manager or the city attorney who literally said at a council meeting recently, you know, lock your doors and load your guns because <laughs> we're going to have 80 less police officers on the street and we've already had 45 murders this year. I mean, how does California sustain itself if that's the proposition we're realistically Well, it sustains itself because the people who run it don't live there. 
they live in Carmel or Monterey or Newport or Palo Alto, but there's already, as I said, two Californians. I have a submersible pump, 15 horsepower. Three times the copper wire has been stolen out in the last 12 months. $1,500 a shot. My great grandfather helped found the Masonic Lodge in order, uh, International Order of Odd Fellows. All the bronze plaques in my hometown have been pried off the buildings. And we've erased the collective memory of a whole hundred years so that some idiot can melt it down for bronze. So in the interior, in places like Fresno, Visalia, Bakersfield, Tulare, Stockton, the, the townships are near bankruptcy, or in the case of Stockton, they're broke, and there's chaos. Uh, it's ground zero of illegal immigration. We got six or seven million unassimilated foreign nationals living in California. You have people fleeing that area when they say everybody's leaving California. Well, they are leaving once in a while Palo Alto or you know Ventura, but most of they're leaving those cities. And so we have a lot of, I mean, what's what's the future? It's chaos. It's like Rome 500 A.D. right now. If I take get on a bike and I ride around my farm for 20 miles. If I get bit by a dog, which happened, I can't call the animal control officer. I can't say that there's a pond now that's stagnant and I want the mosquito abatement person to come in like they used to. I can't say that, that this dog's going to have a license on its collar. All those things are gone because nobody complies with them. They have no money. The agencies have no money and the people either don't speak English or they don't comply and it's chaos. It's every man for themselves. I'm going up. If it's 500 or down, I'm going down. 86,000 went to Texas. 68,000 went to Arizona. 55,000 went to Washington. 50,000 went, 51,000 went to Nevada. 43,000 went to Oregon. 28,000 went to Colorado. 27,000 went to Florida. 25,000 went to New York. 21,000 went to uh, Virginia, and 21,000 went to Idaho. Um, it says, even for those hanging on to the California dream, more than one half are considering leaving, according to a recent UC Berkeley poll. How about that for all you people thinking I'm all, oh, Lou, he's all, he, he's like a fascist over there at No Hostages Radio. This is a UC Berkeley poll I'm quoting here. More than half said, we're leaving, right? And this is like, oh, you'd think all the liberals are staying. Oh, it's like the cleanest state in the in the country, right? We got the cleanest air and this and that, right? Crapping on the street. Nobody like, have you, I don't know anybody that's ever walked into a house they had stepped in some dog crap and said, oh, I'm so happy I stepped in that dog crap and just ignore the smell. It's no big deal. You should just ignore it. That's what politics, we're all woke here. So a little crap on the feet. You know, this is like, uh, you know, it's like we're rewilding the country. So a little crap on the feet ain't going to hurt anything. 
As for why people are moving out of the Golden State, there's no real surprises here. The poll said the high cost of housing was the number one cited reason. Why do you think housing so cost? You think contractors are just nasty ripoffs around here? Right? Do you think the price of lumber is just more here? Nope. You know what it is? Ridiculous regulations, right? A regulation that says you have to, we can only hire people with one arm to build the houses. We can only hire people that are blind to, to build the houses. You think if we only hired blind people to build houses, they would be more expensive? Or we could only, peep, you, could, you have to give a person a half hour break every half hour. Do you think that'd make more expensive to raise, build houses? You have to pay every person building a house. You have to pay them a hundred dollars an hour. Do you think that'd make housing more expensive? Well, of course it would. All those are stupid examples, but they just bring up the fact if you add regulation after regulation, after check in with this person, check out with this person, have this person come in and watch over your shoulder, fill out these forms. You can't do this. You can't do that. You gotta, you gotta, it just all of a sudden, contractor says if i'm going to stay in business i have to add more money more money more to fulfill all these regulations right so pretty soon it just doesn't pay to build any new housing in the state so the housing that's left it's called supply and demand all you socialists out out there should take a class called economics 101 or economics one i took that and enjoyed it very much in in college i dropped out of college because some of the classes were so stupid the teachers would invite us on the weekend go take lsd with them did you know that at at sacramento state all the way back to when i attended there in the late 60s we could like take the weekend with the teacher and go do lsd well and we were paying for that isn't that stupid some of you parents are so stupid you spend forty thousand dollars a year to send your kids to to a a school that tells them your your parents are stupid and you need to throw them under the bus right and and you need to we all want to become socialists here so there's another there's another uh uh article by steven uh a, a guy named uh oh i can't remember his first name stein is his i don't think i have his his name stein s-t-e-i-n not mark stein another stein anyway he says even leftists are leaving the state they want lower taxes for themselves. They'll raise the taxes here. They voted for raising taxes here. Then they're leaving. Where are they going? They leave for Texas. They destroy the state, then refuse uh, to stay to pick up the pieces. They vote for all this baloney, then they move. It's happening all over the state. It's, it's incredible. And then they'll go ruin the next state. Uh, it's in just one decade, about 5 million Californians left, but be- left between 2004 and 13, roughly 3.9 million people came here from other States during the period for a net population loss of more than a million. The trend resulted in a net loss of about $26 billion in annual annual income. Uh, so if, the, if there, that income is of course is taxed, right? Uh, for the better part of three decades, the state has experienced a net exodus of residents every year to the point that there are now more than 7 million people born in California that are now living elsewhere, right? It says, seriously, the guy says, seriously, who wants to live in Havana, Syria, or Calcutta? 
I have not been in Havana or Syria, but I've been in Calcutta, and it's gnarly over there. California is a third-world state, the guy says. Humans and dog feces on public streets in L.A. and San Francisco and Yuba City, Marysville. 15% of population is at the poverty level, high taxes, da da, da. You, You've heard all this before. The other thing is, it's a sanctuary state, right? 80%, I just saw statistics just last week, 80% of illegals released in sanctuary states commit other crimes. How would you feel about that? Just ignore the illegal alien aspect of it or the sanctuary state aspect. And if you knew that the government was given early releases to criminals, just to local criminals, and they were going out committing another crime, what would you do about that? Maybe you'd remove those legislators from office and get some people in there to keep these folks locked up. If, if If a pedophile is locked up, he is not molesting anybody in your backyard he's molesting people in the prisons and finally they just beat him to death in prison did you know that that's what happens so if a person is incarcerated that's that's breaking into houses maybe they've broken in i've worked with the police enough to know that if you catch a guy for a couple crimes he's probably committed hundreds of others you haven't caught him for in fact they do interviews on prisoners in prison and they tell us these things. Do you know that? They just open up and say, yeah, this is my life of crime. This is what I did for a living, right? So if you mow, lo- if, if you mow yards for a living, how many yards do you mow in a year? Think about it. So how many, how many houses do you think you can break into in a year if you're supporting yourself by breaking into houses? Think about it. So if you lock up that, that uh, home invasion expert, uh, that's at least eliminating that guy's criminal career right so los angeles pays over a billion dollars in welfare to illegal aliens over two years in 2015 now again i know marty brown is just going to pee her pants over there at marysville city hall if she's listening to this because we're quoting statistics out of 2015-16 now why are we doing that because they don't get the statistics added up in time to have real-time statistics so we have to look at history By the way, history is his story. That's about Jesus, right? History, his story. It's not her story. It's history. In 2015-16, Los Angeles County paid $1.3 billion in welfare funds to illegals and their families. That's 25% of the total spent on the county's entire needy population. They say that most of the babies born in the county of Los Angeles are all illegal babies, right? But they become a citizen the the minute they enter the world. As long as they're in mama, they're illegal. But once they pop out inside this the the uh, jurisdiction of the U.S. of A., they miraculously, according to the founding fathers, they knew all about this. They they were psychics, all the founding fathers, and they knew when they had the, they constructed the Fourteenth Amendment that there were going to be all these people breaking into the state, and they wanted to make sure that as many weirdos from all over the world that broke into the state, violated the state's laws, if they could come in here and just pop a baby out, then they were going to say, well, we're going to, we're going to make all those people citizens. That's the kind of people we really want. The state of California is home, home to more illegal aliens than any other state in the country. Approximately one in five illegal aliens lives in the state of California, according to Pew Research. 
It's not Lou's research. It's Pew, P-E-W. Not Pew like smell. It's Pew. It's the name of a person. Approximately a quarter of California's 4 million illegals reside in L.A. And the county allows illegals with children born in the U.S., which makes them what they call an anchor baby, to seek welfare and food stamp benefits so they can have all the food and welfare they want, money and food stamps. So uh, L.A. County Department of Social Services shows welfare and food stamp costs for the county's entire population at 3.1 in 3.1 billion in 2015, 2.9 billion in 2016. And for the first five months of 2000 and Marty Brown, we just couldn't get the last five months because they haven't turned them in yet back there. I know that just, it hurts your feelings and you're just so discouraging and just, you're despairing over there. But this article quotes 2017, first five months, more than 60,000 families in Los Angeles County received a total of $181 million. Uh, it's just unbelievably bad. Lots of people say this. Well, they're paying all kinds of taxes. That's a damn lie. They get $3 in benefits for every $1 they spend in this country. $3 of benefits, according to Robert Rector, Rector, who's actually smarter than the average person in the U.S. He works for the Heritage Foundation. He's a senior fellow. And all he does, he does not... He does not uh, know how to grow marijuana or make honey oil. What his specialty is, is he studies poverty and illegal immigration day and night. He does not know how to grow a garden. He does not know how to sew a button on a shirt. What he does is study poverty and illegal immigration. He's a specialist. He tells us that $3 in benefits go to illegals for every $1 they spend. He says it can cost government a total of 24000 per year per family to pay for the things like education, police, fire, medical, and subsidized housing. Now, for you, some of my friends that make pretty good money, they have worked very hard. They stayed in school. They stayed off drugs. They, did, they kept their legs closed till they got married and didn't have a bunch of kids before they got married. Uh, they do not have sexually transmitted diseases or syphilis. Those people aren't uh, eligible for any benefits in our society. They don't, get, they don't get free education. They pay for the education. They pay property taxes. They don't get free police. They don't get fr free fire. They don't get free medical. They pay for all their medical. And they don't get subs subsidized housing. Everything they pay for, they bought, they pay for, and they pay taxes for everything else, right? Um, not only did Jerry Brown push to get SB 54 into law, which was a sanctuary state law, but a federal judge, one of Obama's appointees, I'm sure, dismissed a lawsuit to to. Uh, in July uh, of 2017 to stop SB 54. So it went ahead and became a law in January 1, 2018. Just thought I'd just 
give that to you. Uh, according to physical burden of illegal immigration in the United States taxpayers, 2017 report. I'm just, I, I couldn't get the 2019 report over there. City Council of Marysville just isn't out yet because we haven't actually finished 2019 for those in the city that don't know how to read the calendar. For us, so in 2017 report, estimated 12.5 million illegals in the country. The resulting cost is a $116 billion burden on the national economy and taxpayers each year after deducting a $19 billion in taxes paid by some of those illegals. The lie that you hear is, oh, those people, they're hardworking and they are paying so many taxes. Oh, yeah, they, they pay way more. Oh, yeah, oh, we're, we're like outstanding. No, 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 no. It's $19 billion they think they pay, and they get $116 billion. Listen, people, where do you think that $116 billion, that's either considered our national debt or it's coming out of your pocket. The newest data of the U.S. Census Bureau shows more than 22 million non-citizens now live in the United States. Oh, we can't figure out how to get them out. All you have to do is quit giving them money, and they will leave, right? It's like a cockroach. A cockroach, they tell me, like I lived at 5th and T. I lived in the red light district of Sacramento going to college. I, I divided. This is something that millennials can't figure out, college kids can't figure out. I live with four other guys, five of us in the house. We hardly paid anything rent because it's all split up fifth five ways. We had cockroaches and mice. That's because it's a tenement building. Prostitutes are always knocking on our door wanting to rent out rooms from us. And, uh, but I, I learned something. This is the first time I ever lived with cockroaches or mice. I learned this, that if, if you eliminate the source of food for the mice and the cockroaches, and uh, that they eventually, you'll be able to purge them out. They leave on, and, and people, criminals, like, if, if they know you're going to arrest them, they will leave on their own. I learned that in the city of Marysville, working with the police. But if you don't enforce the law, they will actually move into your area and and clutter in your area if it's a sanctuary state, right? If you say, this is a law, but we don't enforce it here, they'll move on in because they know that you don't enforce it here. So people can be heroin addicts living under the East Street Bridge, which there are. I was just down there and visited some the other day. They're doing heroin down there, but they know it's okay down there. So uh, so anyway, uh, we got all these non-citizens, which will leave when they realize that there's no free lunch anymore. In the United States of America, people like to say this, people that don't know the history. Oh, well, we're, we're just a nation of immigrants. Yeah, but those immigrants, when they came, there was no welfare. There was no free education. There was no free med- There was no free, free, free anything. If you couldn't figure out how to get some food in your mouth and get a job right away, you needed to go back to Europe or Africa or India or wherever you came from, right? In other words, if you couldn't, if you couldn't support yourself, right? It's just like I get a kick out of some of these Christians even. Paul said, don't feel obligated when you're trying to help somebody. If they're not willing to work, don't feel obligated. I give them a sandwich. So California's budget earmarks millions of dollars annually to the One California program. Did you know what that One California program is? It provides free legal assistance to all aliens, including those facing deportation, and makes California public utilities easier for illegal alien students to attend. What that means is they get free education. 
Did you know that? And out here at Yuba College, just, just down the street from where I'm talking right now, at all the JCs, junior colleges, they have to- been told by inner office memos, which have been sneaked out to Lou Benninger, don't you dare turn people into the cops. We don't want any snitches on the campus if people are illegals and we're and they they want to mooch off the taxpayers' dole. They want to mooch off the taxpayers free. We want to let them do that and don't snitch on them. They told all their employees that at Yuba College. Did you know that? They did. So the one California program, now I get called every once in a while, maybe every month, by the San Francisco public defender's office. I thought, oh, what do they want with me? You know what they want? They're defending people in our Yuba County jail that are fighting deportation. And you think, well, who's paying them? Me and you. They're paid by the Sacramento legislature. They're funded under this one California program to provide free legal assistance to all aliens. It doesn't matter whether they're they could be totally illegal. They're not even incarcerated. They're just free. I, I want you to think. You go out and you get drunk and you're out with your lady and somebody says something stupid about your lady. So you sock them. You sock them really good. You knock them out and the guy files charges and uh, he puts you in jail. And you say, well, can the government defend me? They say, no, you make too much money. You got to hire your own your own uh, attorney. You know, we do hire public, we do provide people that don't, aren't able to hire an attorney. We give them what we call a public defender. And that's if you're a citizen of the United States of America. But now we actually provide a public defender for people that don't belong here. They can just come in here. They can rape your kid. They can, they can assault your mother. Uh, They could carjack your wife. They could do whatever. They could shoot you, and we're going to provide free representation for them. Isn't that interesting? Well, I, I'm going to take a break here. Let's see. This is, where are we anyway? I don't know what we're doing here. We're getting close to wrapping this thing up. We got a couple more sections. Oh, we only got one We only got one more section to go. Man, the time flies. So um, this is a really cool clip I'm going to play. This gal was kicked off YouTube. She's a psychiatrist. For YouTube or a psychologist, one of the two, for telling the truth about gender. This is so amazing. Check this out, and we'll be right back. ordeal first of all tell me about this video that you made for youtube in which you made this statement about transgenderism sure so in in 2017 the day the daily signal invited me to um share a story of a child i had in my practice um back in 2010 with gender dysphoria um and this was a little boy whose gender confusion essentially um 
was triggered at age three by the birth of a little sister who had special needs. So by the, between age three and five, this little boy went from being the apple of his parents' eyes, you know, and constant attention to having a little sister who with special needs required significantly more attention. Um, and basically through family therapy and individual play therapy with the child, um, a counselor was able to draw this out um, and, and help the family um, work with Andy is the, the name I used, you know, as, as a pseudonym, um, so that within a year of family counseling, he was embracing his true sex once more. Um, leading up to that, sharing that story, um, I simply made the point that our medical and psychological associations have become very politicized. So I didn't even call transgender mental illness. I simply said what you did. Hey, it's a fact. If, if a patient walks into their doctor and says, I want to cut off an arm or I want to cut off a leg because I know I'm really an amputee trapped in a healthy body, um, they will be recognized as no that's mental illness, there's a trauma or something triggering it. But if you wanna cut off healthy breasts or a penis, oh, you're transgender, that's it, no problem. Yeah, let's sign you up. It was to point out the lunacy and pure politicization and abandonment of science that we are seeing in the AMA, the AAP, um, APAs, you name it. They right. should be, yeah, it's crazy. It, it is crazy. So in this video, when you tell the story of little Andy and you talk about, you make the comparison between um, healthy people who have uh, a desire to have, you know, an arm amputated versus people with gender dysphoria who want their reproductive organs amputated. Uh, how long was this video up on YouTube before they removed it? And how many views did it have? <laughs> so um, that's what's interesting. To my knowledge, it as I said, it was posted in 2017, and I don't think it was taken down until um, maybe early summer, and it garnered over 70 million views on various platforms. Um, That's an incredible so number of people who wanted to see it, clearly. our last segment uh last or sixth segment and i want to make sure and uh, mention my friend dave greenitz uh who i've been uh he 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 may have he might be our longest sponsor i think dave is and uh i want to thank him first of all he and his wife <clears throat> by the way make that creative light theater if they drop dead tomorrow we probably wouldn't be able to pull that off anymore they're just so amazing they they do everything from write to scripts coach produce uh they don't do the music uh but build the sets it's amazing so uh but dave also his, the way they make a living is is uh she's a professional artist but dave is a contractor has green construction and uh 
if you want to do any anything to your home, it's a huge it's a huge commitment to uh, do some major remodeling to your home. You're spending a lot of money. You're planning on being there for a while. So to make a mistake and choose a contractor that's not reliable, or they <clears throat> they quit in the middle, or there's a disagreement, or they just make a they don't have good ideas. Um, they just say, hey, well, it's up to you, it's up to you, it's up to you. They don't have good ideas of their own. Or you just, they don't, they're not dependable, right? They're too independent. They they don't show up in the showdown. Or when they do the job, you think, oh, man, that's, I wish it, that doesn't look straight. Or, or oh, the paint job or the texture's weird or something, something, right? The paint doesn't look right or it's thin over here. That doesn't happen with Greenwich Construction, it's quality, it's professional, it's be- it's the best, right? And so you have a right, if you're paying for that, you have a right for that, right? In America, it's like, hey, you get what you pay for, this, the saying is, right? So uh, with Greenitz, uh, they do a great job, and so they specialize. They do a lot of different things, but they specialize baths, kitchens, decks, front, front entryways. They'll even put in a whole house fan for you to cut down on your electric bill, which is a huge thing here in Northern California. So you can check them out at greenitzconstruction.com, G-R-E-E-N-E-T-Z, construction.com. Or you can go on Dave Greenitz Construction Facebook page, and you can actually see the, the finished work, which is cool nowadays. Back in the day, before all this technology, you just had to go maybe see a job that they did back years ago. But now you don't even have to leave the – you can look at it on your phone or you can, on your uh, laptop. So Dave Greenitz Construction, Facebook, or GreenitzConstruction.com. You can go to 682. You can call them at 682-9602-530, area code 530-682-9602. Or you could just uh, go onto the website or Facebook site, and you could just jump over off an email or something, and you could communicate with them that way as well. Make it easy on yourself. Check it out. I think you'll enjoy it. The other people that sponsor us here is the plumbing doctor, Ted Holmes, 530-671-9111. I don't need to get, you know, usually the plumbing is hidden, uh, but it's a big deal, right? It's kind of like your heart. It's hidden, but if that thing goes down, you may look okay outside, but you think, oh, but my heart's giving out. Ugh. Like, I need an operation. Bummer. So a lot of times, you know, they say that one-third of a construction project's underground. Good reason, right? Because we rely on all this indoor plumbing. Unless you want to go outdoor plumbing, then they can put you up an outhouse. And then you would never have any problems indoor. You could you could have the water, just pump it out of the backyard, right? But people nowadays like that indoor idea. Turn on a tap, you got clean water, drink right out of the tap, Beautiful. So you could call the plumbing doctor if you got water running the wrong way in your house or you're trying to fill up your tub and it won't come out of the faucet. That's a bad sign. You can call them at 530-671-9111. They'll, they'll come out night or day. 530-671-9111. Now, I have, uh, man, we just kind of blew through the time today and, uh, I wanted to, this Katie Hill is unbelievable. This is a gal from Southern California who was having sex with multiple people at the same time and just got all, she's, she reminds me of the, uh, the gal running the city of Marysville is getting butt hurt. 
And whereas she, she did everything to herself, Katie Hill, right? So this lady, she's an author, writes a lot. You can find her all over the place. Rebecca Hagelin, H-A-G-E-L-I-N. She says, uh, she writes an open letter to Katie Hill. I want to get this in today. So I'm going to do it first as our last segment here. She says, oh, Katie, Katie, Katie. How very sad and weak of you to blame your problems on a rotten man. Was he terrible? Of course, any man who cheats on his wife is. But let's remember that you also cheated in the tawdry three-way sex capade. Revenge porn, you say, is the issue. Just remember that in order for you to be a victim of revenge porn, there first have to be pornographic photos of you. And of course, there are with you as a willing participant, not only as a participant, but positioned as some sort of a sick mother image brushing the hair of your young paid lesbian lover while she sits submissively on the front on the floor in front of your naked body. Hmm. I'm sorry, but if you get caught in the act of living a red light district lifestyle, you don't get to blame your demise on somebody else. And you certainly don't get to hold yourself up as a hero and advocate for other women, nor do you get to portray yourself as a victim when in fact you were the predator as a congressional candidate and then a duly elected public official, you were the one with the power and the prestige. As the older woman, you were the one with the influence. You had all the cards, dealt a confessed, uh, sorry, you held all the cards, dealt a confused young woman a bad hand, and then dared to cry about being the victim? Come on, girl. You could use this amount of shame to fully ad- Admit your serious errors and beg for forgiveness from the women across the country who you let down. Do not forget for one moment. Do not for one moment believe. Sorry. Do not for one moment believe that uh, you are some sort of female hero. The fact is you have harmed the progress of women in the public square. You failed not just those who voted you into office, but the, but you let all women down by your irresponsible behavior. Women as a whole suffer when one of us gains a position of power only to engage in some sordid behavior that we claim to hate when it's done by powerful men. Women lose when a rising female star engages in foolish, immoral, or abusive behavior and then blames someone else as the inevitable uh, inevitable consequences of those poor choices come home to roost. You claim that your estranged husband was abusive. I don't doubt it for a second. But if that is true, then why didn't you protect your young subject from him? The fresh college graduate that you paid and had sex with was your subordinate. Not only did you use her, you subjected her to an abusive man. And yet, because you got caught when the abusive man squealed, you now dare to position yourself as a crusader, a protector of our sisters and our daughters. You could use your 15 minutes of fame to teach young women about the dangers and immorality of participating in three-way sex capades of how swinger marriages always fail, about the harms and stupidity of cheapening yourself by staring, starring in your own personal porn show. You could denounce the practices of powerful people using younger and weaker human beings to fulfill their selfish fantasies. But no, 
You were positioning yourself as a victim. And you're right about that in some respect. You are a victim of your own awful choices. Either you are a crusader for a better way, or you are not. So far, you only choose to obfuscate, that's confused, the facts, and shift the blame. If this is dirty politics, as you claimed in your farewell speech to Congress, then you are the dirtiest of the politicians in your very sad story. I don't doubt that you are hurting, that you are hurting and damaged, but you will never heal until you face all of your failures, take time to evaluate your life, reset your moral compass, and start living that better way that you insist on men living. America's young women need mentors who will encourage them to treat others as they would like to be treated. They need role models who work hard, fight for what's right, and act like the leaders of all our, of our dreams. Now, uh, Katie Hill turned around on, on the floor of Congress and referred to the President of the United States as a predator. Now, I am not defending, and I don't, I don't know Donald Trump, never met him, and uh, never met him. And I don't know what his behavior has been like in his past life. My behavior in my post or my pre-Christian life was not good. It was not good. I was immoral. I lived an immoral life. I assume Donald Trump at some point in his life did as well. I, I don't think I was a predator. Never had sex with underage kids. Never was a pedophile and never really felt like a predator on women. Did I have sex with women? I did. Before marriage, I did. I don't think that means I'm a predator. I don't think that anybody that's had sex prior to marriage, you would call a predator. That's a special time of sexual behavior. So I don't believe Donald Trump was a predator. Now, if she wanted to say, if Kate Hill wanted to say that President Clinton was a predator, then I think he has some behavior in his past. Women accused him of rape groping them, et cetera, et cetera. I think he would fall into that classification, but I don't, because she's a politician, she doesn't want to go there. So she's taking shots. So I appreciate Rebecca Hagelin's open letter to, uh, to Katie Hill. So I'm going to leave it there. The other thing I wanted to talk about is I didn't know this. You know, there's, I, I just constantly learn things about Donald Trump that I like. Uh, I, I was, I've talked a lot about Woolman ice skating rink where he, he's done a lot of public, uh, service type things as a businessman that I admire. Now, every quarter, uh, he gets a hundred thousand dollars for his service as president and, um, he has to take the money, but he turns it over to an agency. And one of the times, um, he got the hundred thousand dollars, his pay. He just had it given to the veterans uh, folks to better care for veterans. So I just Veterans Day is coming up. And so I wanted to mention this about what he did for the New York City's uh, Veterans Day Parade, because it's the 100th annual Veterans Day Parade this coming week in New York City. And uh, 
he is going to be the first sitting president to accept the honor of attending the Veterans Parade. Now, that's an amazing thing that he that that the Veterans Day Parade has always invited the president of the United States, but they'd never do take him up on it. But he is. And uh, he'll be making uh, history Monday as he attends the parade. Uh, again, as the United Veterans War Council has made to every president since 1985, his involvement as a citizen with the Veterans Day Parade uh, goes back to 1995. So he's a businessman right in 1995. And here's what happened. It became uh, public that the veterans, the funding of the Veterans Day Parade, it takes money to put the parade on, right? And they were broke. Like they had a dollar twenty-one in the bank account. This is recorded in articles. So in 1995, Veterans Day Parade in mid-August, organizers had a dollar twenty-one cents. Now, typically, the veterans uh, organizations would get donors who would fund that parade because a lot of businessmen and women have been in in service, and uh, they believed in in honoring the veterans. So they would donate. But in this particular year, they did not have any donors for whatever reason. They had solicited a couple hundred corporations and got nothing, right? Including military contractors. And this was reported in, and of all places, the New York Times. Uh, Northrop, United Technologies, none of them. And so uh, it was at that point that Trump heard about it, and he stepped in and saved the event by contributing somewhere in between 325000 and 375000 uh, according to Vincent McGowan, uh, who told CNN News, which I'm surprised CNN even reported on this. Trump's contribution shamed, I think, I'm using that term, it isn't in the article, but I think his contribution shamed all these contractors that should have been honoring these veterans who make billions of dollars off the military. It unleashed a windfall of donations to the parade's organizers, kind of like priming the pump on an engine. While the parade's budget was ultimately reduced from 2.9 million to 2.4 million. In other words, the parade takes a couple million dollars to pull off, right? They have to block off streets. They have to hire all kinds of uh, law enforcement personnel, right? They clean the streets, it's a big deal. The, the New York Times reported all this, and it said that because of Don Trump's initiation and, and giving that money, other, other corporations came alongside and funded that event. <clears throat> uh, follow, this is another amazing thing. Trump's donation to help the 95 parade, the 1995 parade, followed, followed, a $1 million contribution he made in 1985, 10 years before, to help fund the construction of the Vietnam Veterans Memorial Plaza in New York City. I want you to just think about that. A million dollars, $365,000, a million dollars here, a million dollars there, $12 million here. Rebuilt the Woman's Plaza. And it's amazing to me that most of the people that hate him right now in New York, loved him these people are the biggest hypocrites they're a sham they're criminals they're perverts back there they they were always kissing up to him kissing his butt getting photos with them when they were when he was helping them do these projects 
As a presidential candidate in 2016, Trump donated a million dollars. This is another million dollars. It isn't a million to the Vietnam War Memorial or the, the parade. This was another million to the Marine Corps Law Enforcement Foundation, a charity that provides educational services to the children of fallen Marines and police officers. Isn't that amazing? I just, you know something? Uh, I don't have any friends. I don't think I have hardly any friends that have lived a perfect life. I've lived some friends that have lived pretty nice lives. I mean, they've, for common sexual behavior, they've, they've kept themselves in line, right? They would have followed the Christian way. The Bible says there's, there's nobody that's sin-free, nobody that's pure. Jesus was, right? But I'll tell you what, in all these people, I get so sick of people saying, oh, well, if I had all that money, I'd give, oh, come on. There's so many people with loaded with millions of dollars that are just going to die with every nickel in their pocket. Cheap skates, tight wads, they think they earned every bit of it. Bible says you didn't earn anything. God gave that to you. God gave you the grace to earn that money. All the talent you got in your brain, your DNA came from God. Don't even get full of yourself. I know so many people that are loaded that I scramble around for project after project in Vietnam, helping people that are persecuted, scramble $10 and $20, $30, $100 donations. People got millions of dollars in the bank. Are you kidding me? Hundreds of thousands of dollars. They're going to die with it, right? Give it to some kid or buy, waste it on some third house or something. So anyway, that's the story there. Uh, Michelle Obama's out running around talking about white flight and about, you know, she's like a bajillionaire. She's got more jobs for being an idiot. Uh, they just remember she worked for the hospital in Chicago, got paid between three and four hundred thousand dollars. What did she do for the hospital? I can't I still can't figure out the 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 gender of those two, the Obamas. I always get them confused. Anyway, she's talking about all this nasty white flight. Larry Elder, I was going to talk about it, wrote a great article about how she's so full of crap about white flight. Yeah, white flight, people leave for a reason. People leave in California for a reason. Blacks move into your neighborhood and there's all kinds of crime. Mexicans move in. White trash moves in. People move. People moved out of this neighborhood. People, I've seen people move out of Marysville. They're fed up with it. They're sick of it. People have moved out, sold their house. Moved out to Plumas Lake, moved out into the country, moved out, moved to Sutter County. It's like people move for a reason. If you got any, if 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 you got any question about why we're in the predicament we are, you're just you're just an idiot. The the there's one reason California is in this predicament, and, and it's the reason it's Democrats have run the state for five decades. And they're turning this thing, they're rewilding the forests that are going to continue to burn down. They're going to let people continue to shit on the sidewalk. And they're going to let illegal aliens go. And until people finally form their own law enforcement to shoot some of these people, uh, it's just going to keep getting worse. And people will keep moving in here. But in, at some point, we're going to have to take the law in our own hands. So uh, that's all for this week. And uh, take it easy out there. Do something good for somebody. And uh, you may maybe need to pray that God will intercede in the in the California and the United States of America. Things are getting a little gnarly out there. We'll catch you next week. 
uh, if you run into somebody you never met before that you think is kind of unique, it may be an angel and you don't know it. So you better take buy him a burger or something. Catch you later. We're, We're so glad to see so many of you lovely people here tonight. We would especially like to welcome all the representatives of Illinois' law enforcement community who have chosen to join us here in the Palace Hotel Ballroom at this time. We certainly hope you all enjoy the show. And remember, people, that no matter who you are and what you do to live, thrive, and survive, there's still some things that make us all the same. You, me, them, everybody. Someone to love, someone to love, sweetheart to miss, sweetheart to miss. 